This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Monday, May 23rd. Good morning to you, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, the Biden administration is planning for an anticipated wave of COVID-19 infections this fall and winter by ensuring both a new generation of vaccines and access to treatment and testing. But White House COVID-19 response coordinator stressed Sunday the plans depend on congressional funding. Meanwhile, COVID cases are rising in nearly every state, and it is prompting some schools in our area to bring back mandatory mask rules, including Philadelphia. Starting today, the school district of Philadelphia is requiring all students and staff to wear their masks during the school and workday and while riding on buses and vans. That's according to a letter sent out by the district superintendent, Dr. William Height, attributing the decision to COVID-19 case counts rising in the Philadelphia area. Last week, the CDC moved most of the Delaware Valley, including Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties, into the high community level of the COVID-19 data tracker. Philadelphia remains in the medium COVID community level spread due to the high community level status. Norristown and Sheltonham school districts in Montgomery County are requiring masks once again. Schools in Abington and Lower Marion townships are strongly recommending them. Just one community in our region, Cumberland County, New Jersey, is at the low level. A teenager, a driver, and an officer were injured after a police chase involving two carjacking suspects ended in multiple crashes Sunday in West Philadelphia. Uh, authorities say a white Volvo was carjacked at gunpoint by two men around 1.45 a.m. in the 6th District. Hours later, police say officers spotted the Volvo shortly after 2 p.m. at 52nd and Market Streets, traveling at a high rate of speed through an intersection. A chase ensued with the suspects, but it quickly came to a screeching halt when the Volvo slammed into a 16-year-old on a bicycle mm. at 53rd and Thompson streets. A neighbor says he stayed with the victim and held an umbrella over him to shade him while they waited 30 minutes for an ambulance to arrive. Officials say the 16-year-old was taken to the hospital in critical but stable condition. Now, surveillance video captured the two men exiting the Volvo trying to flee the scene as multiple officers pulled up behind it. One of the suspects was arrested at the crash. The second suspect took off running. An officer followed in his patrol car but crashed into another vehicle on 53rd and Masters Street. That crash was also captured on home surveillance video. The second suspect was arrested and taken into custody. The driver hit by the patrol car was taken to the hospital with a hip injury. Uh, The police officer suffered non-life-threatening injuries, officials said. And police say that they initiated this chase because they believe the suspects were armed. Investigators did recover a weapon after the pursuit. NASA says something strange is happening with our universe and how quickly it's expanding. Scientists have been studying new data from the Hubble Space Telescope. They say the expansion rate has become much quicker compared to the uh, expectations. You are getting the most precise measure of the expansion rate for the universe from the gold standard of telescopes and cosmic mile markers. I've noticed this at home. My TV is further from my couch. Have you noticed? <laughs> mm. I'm just wondering who the hell this is reporting I this know, information. I know, I know, I know. It's um, got to be big. It was yeah. in the news. And it was either that or all of the shootings that happened in uh, Philadelphia Uh, over the weekend. So we went with NASA. (laughs) Observations also showed other galaxies are moving away from our Milky Way faster. But scientists cannot yet figure out why. So all they're saying for now. Is it because we have cooties? No, all they're saying for uh, now is that it's something bizarre is underway. Wow. The cause of the discrepancy remains a mystery, but Hubble data uh, encompassing a variety of cosmic objects that serve as distance markers support the idea that something weird is going on, possibly involving brand new physics, officials hmm. said in a news release. That's a mystery. <laughs> in sports this morning. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
sacks are yummy. Ball sacks are yummy. The Phillies beat the L.A. Dodgers 4-3 in extra innings yesterday afternoon at the ballpark. Max Muncy's two-run fielding error in the 10th allowed the Phillies to come back for the win. With two outs and men on second and third in the 10th, Alec Boehm hit a ground ball to Muncy at second for what appeared to be the final out, but Muncy didn't uh, field it cleanly, and the ball rolled a few feet behind him. That allowed Garrett Stubbs to score the tying run and Roman Quinn to score the winning run with a slide just ahead of the throw to home. The Phils open up a series in Atlanta against the Braves tonight. Zach Wheeler will get the start. The first pitch is scheduled for 720. In the NBA's Western Conference Finals, the Warriors beat the Mavericks 109-100 to in Dallas. Steph Curry scored 31 points, and the Warriors are now up three games to none. The series continues with Game 4 in Dallas tomorrow night. Tip-off will be at 9 o'clock. The Eastern Conference Finals continue tonight in Boston, and the Miami Heat lead the series over the Celtics two games to one. Tip-off is at 8.30. In the NHL playoffs, the Lightning won again, beating the Florida Panthers 5-1 yesterday afternoon in Tampa Bay. The Lightning now lead the series three games to none and can finish the series sweep with Game 4 tonight in Tampa. The New York Rangers beat the Carolina the Carolina Hurricanes, winning 3-1 last night at Madison Square Garden. The Hurricanes now lead the series two games to one in Game 4. Four is tomorrow night in Manhattan. And finally, in the Western Conference, the Oilers beat the Calgary Flames 4-1 in Edmonton. The Oilers are up in that series 2-1. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Back from a weekend MMRBQ took place. We definitely are going to be chatting about that at some point. Yes. We all survived the heat stroke type conditions <laughs> that we had. Hopefully everybody made it unscathed as well from the MMRBQ. Uh, some other things to consider is we have a new Word of the Week prize. We have a two-night stay at the all-new Mahalo Diamond Beach and Wildwood Ooh. Crest. Yes, so we will have that opportunity with the letter of the day, Word of the Week prize, and that comes with all the amenities that you get at the uh, uh, at this new Mahalo. And it's it's part of, uh, I love these guys because they're uh, Icona. Uh, has this, and we've stayed at Icona Resorts before. Yeah. You're going to love yeah, this. So good stuff. We'll do the Letter Today Word of the Week prize coming up at the end of the program. We'll give that away on Friday. We do have a guest on the show today. His name is Jim Davidson. He's an author. The book is called The Next Everest. He was climbing Everest in April of 2015 when a 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit and avalanches went off all around him and trapped on the mountain. It's a harrowing tale. Yeah, it's amazing. So if you had a bad weekend, maybe yeah. tune in to Jim later on and hear how things could be slightly worse than whatever you went through. Uh, so we'll talk to him around 9 o'clock this morning as well. And on top of all that, we have to put the word out about a new coolest teacher. Yet we have to name the coolest teacher that voting took place for over the weekend. We bet, went back to Romano land. Pensbury yeah, High School, yes, that was chosen on yeah. Friday, and we had the uh, the students vote throughout the weekend, and they did so big time. And we are ready to reveal the results of the voting from the weekend from Pensbury High School. Oh boy, we are very happy to announce coolest teacher of the year by votes is Mr. Adam Nobler. Hey! The Nobler, Mr. Nobler. Mr. Nobler is the winner. He is a business math teacher. Wow. wow. At Pensbury. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. You would be really good to win that. Yeah, that I mean, category. because we've had like arts, you know, we've had uh, dance instructors and, and uh, music teachers. Right. And, and this is a little more straight, serious. 
uh, intense course. If you can overcome the inherent boring nature of yes. what he teaches. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen, That's great. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's just a, it's, a, it's an old yes. business class. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, in fact, the, the business, uh, computers, and information technology department at Pensbury, according Excellent. to this, says that they provide classes for students interested in business, finance, and marketing. Good wow. to know that. And so, yeah. They, Sounds uh, like a class that I wish they had had when I was in high school. Right. You know, like actually life skills that yeah. you could learn in high school and Nick, apply later on. Upon reflection, our educations suck. Yeah. Now you're hearing all these cool classes. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Nobler, if you get a moment, uh, please give us a call at some point. We would like to uh, hear a little bit about you. And if you if you know Adam Nobler, let him know in case he's not listening. Uh, that he did indeed win, and we'll set him up with the coolest teacher of the year, Coffee Mug. It's just a little token, a little thank you to all the teachers and what they do. So now we have to pick a new school, and it's my turn. My turn. The box has made it around back to me, so let me reach in here, and I'm going to dig deep, pull one out, and we are going to name the next coolest teacher school is Gloucester Catholic High School in Gloucester City, New Jersey. All right. We give you 24 hours, Gloucester Catholic High School. And all you have to do is text the word teacher to 39333, and we will fire back the link to you. Incredibly easy. And you tell us who you think has made a difference in your life. We need the students to vote for this, and then tomorrow morning we will find our winner. Am I saying Gloucester right? It's always, it's one of those, yeah, it's always, it's one of those towns that I always. Never have really been confident in saying. <laughs> I, I'm team Gloucester. You. Gloucester. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Gloucester. That's right, right, I always to make say. sure we get that right. All right, so we are good to go with that. Let's have you uh, get the voting link. You got 24 hours, and then tomorrow morning we will award the winner. All right, with that, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. The entertainment report, the stupid question that you've been waiting for, will be next. Stay with us. Back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And hey, look at that. The Nobbler's on the line. We got to go to him. Uh, The coolest teacher at Pensbury is Mr. Adam Nobbler, the business math teacher. Let's welcome him this morning. Mr. Nobbler, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. It is so fun to say your name, by the way. Well, it's actually pronounced Nobler, but I get uh, Nobler all the time. It's, uh, no worries. It's, no. it's got to be. I mean, how it's K-N-O-B-L-E-R, and your whole life you've been going, Nobler, please. <laughs> Nobler. <laughs> Nobler sounds more regal. It does. It does. It sounds very yeah. regal. Adam, how long have you been teaching in Pensbury? I've been teaching there for about a year and a half. Oh, nice. Oh, Are, no. Do you teach in the Kathy Romano wing of the school? <laughs> or Are they building that yet, Adam? <laughs> yes, they're, they're in construction oh, right okay, now. Good. Wait a minute. Yeah, just... Only... Only a year and a half, and and they have uh, they have voted for you to be the coolest teacher. What are you doing over there, Adam? Yeah. So a lot of the things that I 
things I do is I make education fun. I make learning fun. Like, just for example, today I have a gorilla costume in my car. I'm on my way to work, and I'm going to be teaching about uh, bonds. We're on investments, so I'm going to be teaching that in the gorilla house. Oh Listen, God. I think oh that God. is a great way to learn the Simeon, yeah. Simeon way. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we were, we were talking about the subject matter, <laughs> yeah. which could yeah. be could be sort of a boring to your average student. You've realized the way to spice it up, and also I tell you this: having I would have loved to have learned that in high school to prepare me to manage money a little better throughout my life. Is it? Can are you able to impart that to the students that this is an important thing to learn? Yeah, well, I show I give them a lot of real life examples, um, and I incorporate things that they do with their jobs, with my job, and and I show them how it occurs in everyday life. And I'll be like, "Look, I love algebra," I said, "but you know, you're not going to really need to find the slope of a line on an everyday basis, but <laughs> right. you're all going to end up know how to pay taxes, yeah. and that's something you need to know." You know, what's so, funny is that there are a lot of kids now who are playing and, and, and love to play the stock market and check out all this, uh, the investing and crypto and all that stuff. It's actually become something. Is that wild for you to see that catching on? Oh yeah, you know, to see the kids get so invested in that. I mean, pardon the pun, yeah. but um, yeah. they you know to get into it and be they asking me for like stock tips, and I'm like, I'm not Gordon Gecko, you know. Like, I, I, I can show you. I'll show you how it works. Yeah, I don't, you know. Right. Just because you know yeah. how it works doesn't mean that you're an advisor. Oh, when we, when your when your oh. superiors love you giving stock tips to the students. That's oh, so I'm fun. sure that would go over fantastic with administration. <laughs> Adam, what? Adam, tell us a little bit about you personally. Where are you from? I'm from Jamison, Pennsylvania, and I live there with oh, my yeah. beautiful wife, Jamie. Johannison, Pennsylvania? No, no, Jamison. 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 Oh, Jamison. So it's Jamison. It's not Jamison. Okay, good to know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, what, what about uh, growing up in this area, and, and where did you go to school and so on? So I grew up in Upper Dublin. I went to Upper Dublin High School. Um, don't hold it against me. I loved Upper Dublin. <laughs> um, and went to Syracuse, and then I got my master's in education at Chestnut Hill College wow. in uh, science ed and special ed. And I, you know, I just... It's something I love doing. How, how long so have, you, have, you, have you only been teaching for a year and a half? No, actually, this is my 10th year teaching. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So Just I've, I've taught in Philly. I've taught at Norristown, Maryland, um, Council Rock, and now Pensbury. Well, you're, you're making an impact, Adam. That's the coolest thing, and that's why we have this, uh, this little, you know, uh, contest of sorts. Not really a contest, more than an acknowledgement, and uh, just kind of some fun that we have, but it's a, a serious note to it. The kids appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate that you're doing it for the kids. Well, and thank you. Just as a, uh, a thank you and a token from them, we will now give you the official Coolest Teacher of the Year coffee mug from the press. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so congratulations to you, Adam, and thank you so much for checking in this morning. Keep doing great work and have a... Oh, wait, Kathy, one No, time. and Adam, when you get the mug, take a picture of yourself holding the mug in my wing and send it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it, Kathy. Okay, all right, thanks. Have a great summer, Adam. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Adam Nobler. Not Nobler. Not Nobler. Coolest Teacher. All right, so, Nobler. Uh, Gloucester Catholic High School, you need to do the same thing, so text the word teacher to the 3933 and we will send you the voting link. All right, moving on. We do have to give away a prize. We have a pair of tickets for the stupid question. These are same day ride and water park tickets to Maury's Piers to enjoy unlimited rides on the three piers in Wildwood. All right, Surfside, Mariners and Adventure Amusement Piers. So here's the question for you this morning. 
What figure in Greek mythology was tricked into holding the sky? Aha. Uh-huh. 215263 WMMR. What figure in Greek mythology was tricked into holding the sky? Call right now and we'll see if you can get through and get the answer correct. We are going to go in through some birthdays Monday, May 23rd. We'll start with Drew Carey. He has his birthday today. I was just uh, watching him because I watched this documentary on this guy who sort of gamed the prices right, Preston. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and you know, they were talking to Drew Carey as a part of the documentary. I like Drew Carey a lot. He's not Bob Barker. He's not Bob Barker. Yeah. Bob definitely was more professional. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And his his banter and, and the way he went about things was a lot of fun. And Drew's great. Yeah. Just a different style. Different. Uh, Bob was a little more traditional and probably the greatest to do it. Man. Yeah. No, nobody could do it like he did. So Drew is 64 today. Uh, it's Joan Collins's birthday today. Oh, my God. Yep, yeah. from Dynasty. Uh, uh, she is 89 years old today. Alexis, right? I believe it was Alexis, Alexis Carrington. Carrington. Yes. Yeah. I watched a, uh, Steve, and I know you watch it every Sunday, but I watched A Love Boat a couple of weeks ago, and she was one of the stars in it. Her and Captain Steubing had this oh thing. Oh, my God, man. She was begging for it. Absolutely. And was like, nah, I don't think so, And you so, see, man. when she, she he, met, like, he made a fist and she nodded. <laughs> yeah. And you knew, yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, you know what to do. Uh-huh. You know what I like. Want to do the old choke pony? Uh, um, but she seriously, she was like, you know, and he's like, no, nah, man, I, I like being on this boat. And she's like, yeah, but you could have this every day. And you may like, not, nah. you, you may not realize how, uh, um, uh, like, she was sort of like a British Marilyn Monroe level. So yes. if you look at her in um, uh, the Road to Hong Kong, I think it is a uh, Hope and Crosby uh, movie. She is the femme fatale in that. Look at her in that. In that yeah. movie, and see how amazing she was. She had the seductress thing yes. down pat. Uh, I, I definitely had a thing for her back yeah. in the day. She is 89 years old today. Uh, Tom uh, Teichwer, who is a uh, German director, he did uh, Cloud Atlas. Yeah. Um, did you see that? No, and I, I heard from too many people how confusing it was, it, and it, so it I, didn't, I didn't give it time. But the book was, everyone raved on the book. Maybe the book is better. Yes, yeah. he is uh, 57 years old today. Uh, Ryan Coogler, director of Black Panther and Creed and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. He's damn good. 36 years old. Agreed. I was just reading a little bit about Black Panther 2 this morning on yeah. how it's a wonderful tribute to Chadwick Boseman. I hope so. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. And and it has a, a lot to live up to because that movie is fantastic. So happy 36 to Ryan Coogler. Uh, it's also uh, actress and host Karen Duffy's birthday today. Yeah. 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 Uh, She was in Dumb and Dumb. Let me do them. She's one of the two people trying to track them down. Uh She was a, a, like a naturally beautiful. I agree. um, She, you know, she just had that look like that girl next door, fresh face. She was uh, on MTV. She was an MTV VJ. Her name was Duff. Yep. Uh, and she is six years old. She had some uh, health had problems. Bad yeah. issues. I with wanna, almost like an arthritis type thing. It was like MS or something along those lines. One of these per- It wasn't things. MS, but it was like... sarcoidosis. Yeah. I'm not uh, quite sure right around. And then neurosarcoidosis. Okay. Uh, so where she she basically would be in pain every time she moved. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chronic pain. Uh, 60 years old today. Melissa McBride from The Walking Dead. Is 57. Carol, is that her? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yep. Um, And that's wrapping up, like, soon, right? Yeah, man, they keep having these. It's the final season. It's the, uh, you know, the the final season, mid-season finale. And they've had, I I was um, thrown for a loop because I thought, what we're what I was watching was the end of it, and it kind of ended, and then I found out that no, that's just the mid-season finale. Well, you know, there was a sequel series yeah. with her um, planned. 
and she stepped away from it because yeah. she didn't want to. The, the series was going to shoot in England. Yep, and she didn't want to be there for that amount of right. time. So she is uh, 57 years old today. Uh, Singer songwriter Jewel has her birthday today. She is uh, 48 years old today. I always like Jewel. Yeah, she's uh, very talented. Her uh, biggest hit though sounds nothing like a Jewel. Song, remember that song that she did that was really sort of poppy. Yes, what's the uh, name of that? Well, she had a, she had a couple of songs. Uh, she had another folky. Yeah. Um, I break the oaks and make a smiley face. <laughs> yeah. What was that song called? Forget. Um, oh, no. oh man, Nelby Ty Ty. It was really <laughs> oh, sugary sweet, um, and I can't remember. You were meant for me. You yeah, were meant for me. that was yes. it. Uh, she is 48 today. No, I'm just saying you were meant for me. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> thank you for declaring Now comes the ring. The radio oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't know. I needed that this morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the last birthday is uh, Kelly Monaco. And I would not have known who she was had yeah. she not been oh. on that first season of Dancing, Dancing with, with the, the Stars. stars. Yeah. She was a general hospital actress, stunningly beautiful, uh, unbelievably great shape. Right. And so she lost the first season. It was between her and uh, Peterman. What's yep. his name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. From Come on. Uh, John Hurley. John Hurley. John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley. And he won, and then it was clear that she was a better dancer, so they redid the entire thing between those two, and she ended up winning that one, if you remember. Is that a Jewish thing? That's uh, John (laughs) O'Hurley. So she is 46 today. So happy birthday, everybody. (laughs) Celebrating birthday on Monday, May 23rd. All right, we're going to see if we can find an answer to this stupid question. What figure in Greek mythology was tricked into holding the sky? We will go to Sarah. Hi there, Sarah. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. Nah, Sarah, we asked you to call in. It's all good. What Greek mythology <laughs> creature or figure was tricked into holding the sky? Atlas. Atlas. Yeah, that's correct. Hang on a second, uh, Sarah. You just got yourself... A pair of same-day ride-and-water park tickets to Maury's Piers to enjoy unlimited rides on the three piers in Wildwood, Surfside, Mariners, and Adventure Amusement Piers, and both big water parks, Ocean Oasis, and Beach Club, and Raging Waters as well. Maury's Piers is this week's big friggin' deal, by the way. You can get one same-day ride-and-water park ticket for just 70 bucks on sale through Sunday at WMMR.com but only while the supplies last. At the box office this weekend, Doctor Strange was number one, third Dude, week yeah. in a row. Yeah, Doing well. Uh, followed by Downton Abbey, A New Era, followed by The Bad Guys, and then you have Sonic the Hedgehog, Men at number five. That's a creepy-looking movie. It, it, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Then you had Fantastic Beasts, Firestarter, The Lost City, and The Northman rounded out the top ten. Well, I know you guys stayed up late and watched Noah Thompson won season 20 of American Idol. During a star-studded three-hour finale on ABC, I had no idea that that was Oh, my God. Well, listen, he is a superstar. Uh, The 20-year-old country singer from Louisa, Kentucky, won after his co-worker Arthur had signed him up and recorded his virtual audition. Okay, I think I, I watched him uh, in, in the very beginning. I watched the first, like, two episodes. I kind of like that stuff. Um, I know. You're, you're a fan, and, and yep. I, I appreciate it. I can't 
stand it. I can't stand the faux fawning. I can't stand everyone is a superstar. You're America's gonna love you. We don't see talent like that walk on this stage every goddamn time. Well, Ble- yeah, I'm sorry. Steve Hunter Girl came in second. Hunter you, Girl? I know she was your favorite. And then Leah Marlene. What about the Wonder Twins? Uh, finished in third. Well, Gleek third place. <laughs> oh, my God. What was his name? Gleek. Gleek? That was the name of the monkey? Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Let me wow. Tell you something, Gleek. You're a superstar. I th- uh, I know I'm Lionel Richie, but man, you got the talent and you got the tail. Uh, the three finalists each performed a cover of Bruce Springsteen's song in honor of the American rocker as well as an original song. Leah sang Cover Me, Hunter belted out Dancing in the Dark, and Noah took on I'm on Fire. Viewer voting was uh, tallied after their two performances, and it was announced that Leah was the third-place finisher. Uh, Noah's final song before he was declared the winner was a reprise of the Rihanna song, Stay, that he performed earlier in the competition. I propose a new game show where you get the current judges and get all the judges and put them in a room. They can all compete against each other and bring all of the winners of American Idol in front of them and ask them to name them. (laughs) <laughs> to see if they can remember right, their name. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, the superstars. The superstars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during an interview on David Letterman's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, Will Smith revealed that he had a vision of his career being ruined. Uh, this interview was taped prior to the slapping incident last March. Uh, Smith said that despite not being into drugs, there had been a two-year period where he had gotten into... Uh, I, uh, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, That's the trippy, like, right. cleanse Yeah, it's thing? a hallucinogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, he said he took 14 journeys. Okay. Uh, he Jeez. described that uh, one in question is the most hellish psychological experience of his life. He said, I drank, and it usually takes about 45 minutes to kick in, and I'm sitting there, and you always feel like, well, maybe it won't kick in this time, so I'm drinking, and I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden... It's like I start seeing all of my money flying away, and my house is flying away, oh. and my career is going away. It's like that, um, I think it was a Netflix show with uh, Melissa McCarthy and, yeah, and um, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, it was Nine Perfect Strangers. Yes. Yeah, it was there, great. There's going to be a second it. season of that, by the way. Uh, uh, Ron White talked about his ayahuasca um, experience. He said, President, he had the, the one session one night, and he thought, oh, is that it? The next night, he had all that that you're describing where crazy hallucinations and all this crap. He could not believe how blown away he was by this stuff. Uh, He added, my whole life is getting destroyed. Uh, He said that the vision went on and he heard his daughter Willow calling out for help, at which point he stopped caring about anything else. He said, then slowly I stopped caring about my money. I just wanted to get to Willow. I stopped caring about my house. I stopped caring about my career. He said that the vision helped him gain a new perspective on life. Yeah, it centered him. <laughs> he needed to be centered when he bitch slapped with Chris Rock. No, this this was before. Right, yeah, yeah I, know, know. I know. So, yeah, it really centered him, so right? It really yeah. centered him. Jesus. He, he put things in perspective and, and how he can keep himself together. He explained, this is my fear in real life, and I'm in there, and I'm wanting to vomit and all of that, and I hear this voice saying, Hawkins is up! <laughs> <laughs> that's what the voice said, Yeah, that's right. I said, this is what the F it is. This is what the F life is. Uh, So in other news, despite the infamous Oscar slap, the fourth installment of the Bad Boys franchise is still happening. Sony chairman Tom Rothman denied rumors that the film was halted indefinitely, saying 
That was inaccurate. That movie's been in development and still is. He said there weren't any brakes to pump because the car wasn't moving. Well, the last Bad Boys movie was actually very successful. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Well, there were a lot of rumors, and it definitely turned out to be true on Saturday Night Live. Not only was it the season finale hosted by Russian Dolls' Natasha Lyonne, uh, but the show also lost four longtime cast members. Kate McKinnon, Pete Davidson... Uh, Eddie Bryant and Kylie Mooney or Kyle Mooney. Uh, Mooney. Yeah. We've had him in studio. Um, I'm I'm bummed that he's gone. I he's great. I really liked him. He's a lot. great. Yeah, but I think he's he's got. If you watch his show on uh, Netflix, which is a parody of Saturday Morning Mm-mm. Kids, I know shows, you like it. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's interesting that they made uh, sort of a big deal about Pete leaving. Um, I didn't know that the other three were leaving until afterwards. We were uh, just there, talking about it. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a, a bit of a sketch in uh, you know at the beginning with Kate McKinnon, and so she sort of got to say goodbye. And then if you watch the end of the episode of SNL, you know she's hugging everybody. She seemed emotional. I didn't know that Kyle Mooney was leaving, and I didn't know Eddie was leaving either. Yeah, so they did their uh, their final sketches. Uh, McKinnon started, and we'll have a clip of this. Uh, Miss Rafferty. Uh, during Saturday's cold open, a recurring character who has repeatedly been abducted by aliens. <laughs> After 11 seasons on the show, McKinnon was abducted one last time before the UFO's door closed. She said, well, we'll play the clip here for you and see what you think. Here we go. crying. She was legitimately yeah. crying in the skit. But So she's basically, you know, close encounters and leaving with the aliens. Right. Uh, earlier in the day, on Saturday, Dave Sirius posted a video to Instagram on behalf of uh, Davidson to confirm the news of his departure after eight seasons and said this video was taken eight years ago. Uh, Jared sent it to me last night and it made me super emotional in the best way. In the video, I had just gotten back from doing my very first update and sketch. It's crazy to think of that, to think that today I'll be doing my last one, he wrote. Uh, he had been on the show for 10 seasons and Mooney for nine, and it was a sentimental goodbye for everyone. Then we have Pete Davidson's yes, last he did clip. it during update, Preston. All right, here we go. Is there anything you're going to miss about this place? Oh, yeah, Lauren for sure. He always gives the best advice. I'll never forget this. Uh, I called him and said, uh, when I got engaged, I said, Lauren, I just got engaged to Ariana Grande after dating for two weeks. And he said, oh, hold on for dear life. (laughs) Well, I'm going to miss you, Pete. Oh, well, thanks, Colin, even though I know it says that on your cue card. (laughs) And I appreciate SNL always having my back and allowing me to work on myself and grow. And, you know, thank you to Lauren for... Never giving up on me or, you know, judging me, even when, like, everyone else was. And for believing in me and allowing me to have a place that, like, I could call home with the memories that'll last uh, a lifetime. So thank you, guys. So they are all now off the show. But, listen, they're going to do great stuff. (laughs) Well, they have 45 people waiting in the wings who are support players now can step up. I know, but I'm going to miss Baby Yoda. Uh, Baby Yoda might be my favorite character in, like, the last few years. And he's only on for, what, like three minutes? But he always says at least one thing that has me rolling out loud. All right. Uh, Let's see. Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker got married 
again, again. on Sunday <laughs> oh my God. amongst family and friends in Portofino, Italy. This looked oh. like, did you see the pictures from this wedding? It looked like a gypsy wedding. I mean, I, it was the I weirdest thing I've ever seen. seen. You know, that was one of the it. most beautiful it places was, I ever went to, we Portofino. Were, yeah. We were giving them, we were praising them like two weeks ago for <laughs> doing this understated <laughs> and, yep. and uh, no. just the black and white photos at the courthouse and yeah. now here we are. Yep, so uh, previously they had a practice wedding in Las Vegas <laughs> in April and they were legally married in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara on May 15th. Well, this wedding celebration was not short on the opulence. Uh, they were surrounded by red roses, candelabras, and many stars dressed to the nines. NASA blew their names into the moon. Yeah. Uh, Courtney <laughs> wrote a short or wore a short white dress with a stunning white veil, while Barker donned a black suit. Both of which were designed by Dolce and Gabbana. Uh, they each posted photos from the ceremony on Instagram on Sunday with the caption "Happily Ever After." We knew that the Jenner sphere would not allow this, uh, you know, to, to happen any other way. Welcome aboard, folks. Yeah, we'll take you through the rings of Saturn. Actually, you will exchange your nuptials. That's kind of cool. Because the ring is like a yeah. circle. It's Absolutely. It has no beginning and no end. It has the same sort of significance as your wedding rings. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me a second. Engine room, can we speed it up a little bit? (laughs) That's right. She is the captain, after all. So you got to make sure that the ship gets to its destination on time. And he Um, would be, she would be the captain. Yes. So she would conduct the. uh, the whole ceremony. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You're right because yeah. the captain is the one that is authorized to marry people. She's the one. So there you go. Uh, the life aboard the gender sphere. Uh, so yep, yeah, they went and did it again. Anybody votes or, or guesses? How will, long will they do it again? No, not how uh, long. Will they have another one? I think this has got to be the last one. Yeah, right. This is it. This, you said Portofino. They were in another country. Yeah. So yeah. they did Vegas, home, another country. I think we're good. <laughs> Who did the most? Was it Pam, uh, Pamela Anderson and Kid Rock? Did they do three or four? Oh, they did a few as well? Oh, they did a few. Yeah, yeah but that remember. was like, wasn't it twice too? Like, didn't they break up and then they got back together and got remarried? I don't know. It is hard to keep track, to be honest. And right. how honestly when you utter those words... <laughs> <laughs> oh, for, for, till death do us part? Yeah. Like forever, before the, before the eyes of God, I vow, I solemnly right. vow, this is the person that one, one of us is going to die before I ever look for anybody else. You are it. Yep. yep. Why don't we just go. say, let's go for it? <laughs> Heed the words. For a good portion of the next couple of years, I'm hoping. Yeah. From Captain Caitlin. All right, uh, more than two weeks after Johnny Depp finished testifying in his defamation trial against Amber Heard, the Pirates of the Caribbean actor, will reportedly return to the stand today. Oh, come on! Uh, Depp is expected to be called as a witness for Heard's defense uh, in a daring move by the actress's legal team. This is very daring. Uh, in the uh, It is anticipated that the defense will rest their case by the end of the week as well. Uh, Judge Penny Azcarte uh, previously said that she wants... delicious, by the way. I had it in Portofino. <laughs> you were there? Yeah, Penny Azcarte. Oh. <laughs> uh, she wants to hear closing arguments on Friday, uh, this Friday, so... Uh, I was reading we'll an assessment uh, of all of this and how... Uh, basically echoing what we said last week, that is that it, it, it's done no good. It's done. There's there's been no there's been no benefit to this other than to drag it out into the light again. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, let's see. I, this was sad news. A guy you probably don't know the name, Colin Cantwell, passed away. He was the concept artist 
who decide, uh, designed iconic Star Wars spacecraft. spacecraft. He uh, designed the X-Wing Starfighter, yep. the TIE Aww. Fighter, the Death Star. And he died Saturday at his Colorado home. He was 90 years old. He was working on his greatest creation, Preston, which is the Nelby TIE Fighter. <laughs> yes! That's what I was thinking. You were going to say it, right? It had to be. Um, okay. Keep going, Preston. Because there is another Nelby and TIE TIE that I need to tell you about. Okay. Right, but... Well, we, we cannot wait. <laughs> Thank you. I have the floor now. Yes. Uh, Cantwell's film credits include special photographic effects for 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, technical dialogue for Close Encounters of the Third Kind and computer graphics design consultant for War Games. Uh, but he's, of course, best known for <clears throat> his work on Star Wars. Mm. But yet, it, it's really, this guy had a really interesting life. So during the 60s in the space race, he worked for the JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and NASA, creating educational programs for the public to better understand the flights. And the work culminated into Cantwell being a resource for Walter Cronkite during the moon landing broadcast 1969. He was like feeding Cronkite information as it was happening. Uh, so he would uh, he would get updates, and then he fed it to Cron- Cronkite, who would then return. Of course, one of the great concerns is space gorillas. <laughs> no, that, why did you say that? And he would go live on the air with that stuff. Uh, no, that's it's an amazing accomplishment. These guys, <clears throat> um, you know, were sort of um, Renaissance guys. Like there's a guy Chesley Bonestell, I think his name was. He was uh, he worked with NASA. He was a uh, a visualist. He would sort of, you know, design in his way what spaceships might look like, what, mm-hmm. a, what a moon base might look like. And uh, it, it did help in the execution of the space program. And uh, Cantwell's work on war games, he was programming the Hewlett-Packard monitors to depict the dramatic bomb scenes on NORAD screens as the Whopper computer nearly launched nuclear weapons. And that led him to programming software that took the actual Hewlett-Packard from a few colors to 5,000 colors. It's amazing. So he was integral in that uh, that uh, technological step. And on War Games, he acquired a number of upskirts of Ali Sheedy Preston. Oh, yeah. Well, which was not so good. I don't know if he's taking those to the grave or what. In addition to his uh, film work, he also wrote two science fiction novels. He was survived by Sierra Dahl. His partner of twenty four years. The Tie Fighter design is so um, is so cool, and it, because it does have you know a very just, World War Two look to it, which is super unique. Yeah, you know, I mean, you hadn't seen ships that looked like that right. in, in movies, in sci fi movies. So I thought yeah. it was pretty cool. All right, and one last story: uh, Billy Eilish <clears throat> opened up to David Letterman about living with Tourette syndrome uh, during the latest episode of My Next Guest. Needs no introduction. And I don't think she has, like, the verbal tick no. uh, thing where, you know, she may curse or anything like, or have uh, verbal out- outbursts, which people typically think of when you hear Tourette syndrome. But there are other ticks that you can have. There are facial ticks or all kinds of things along those lines. And that's what she deals with. And uh, she revealed that it started with uh, small ticks when she was a child. And she said, for me, uh, they're very exhausting, but admitted that she had made friends with it now. And uh, she also told the host that uh, several art- other artists have the same condition, adding, uh, what's funny is so many people have it that you would never know. So, did not know that about her. We have a clip of her talking about it if you want to hear the full. Sure. Yeah. Film me for long enough, you're going to see lots of ticks. Is that okay or not okay? I don't care. Can I ask you anything about this? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's really weird. I, I like, haven't talked about it at all. The most common way that people react is they laugh. Because they think I'm, like, trying to be funny, right? They think I'm going, like, as, like, a funny move. (laughs) And I am always left incredibly 
offended by that. Yeah. And then I go, I've tried. Yep. So she is. Uh, she's had that for a long time. She deals with it. All right. We're ready for the clips now. Tim Miller created an Emmy-winning show that features a collection of animated short stories called Love, Death, and Robots. I started watching this this weekend. Me too. Me oh, my too. God. Uh, my son Parker turned me on to this. This stuff is awesome. I watched like 11 of them. I, I thought, and they're short. So yes, th- like seven, eight minutes long. You have not seen animation like this ever. It's astonishing. In this clip, he refers to the fans of the show with a unique analog- analogy. Here we go. Jim Cameron had an interesting analogy. He said, the fans of this uh, material are like the dark matter of the universe. We know they're out there. We can feel their pull. Um, but you need to do something like this to bring them into the into the light. And not that they're like roaches or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, season three of Love, Death, and Robot is uh, streaming on Netflix. So it's been around for a little while. Well, it's funny because I, I, had heard, I would hear about it briefly and I never... Um, paid that much attention, and then it, for some reason, I guess because of this premiere, it started to get a lot of attention. And Preston, I found the hard part was going through the episodes and trying to determine what sequence you should watch them in, but you don't really need to watch need them to. in a sequence, yeah. Yeah, it's like Black Mirror. Right, yeah. yeah. Each is contained in and to itself, so. Alright, next clip, here we go. New contestants are getting ready to go head-to-head to name the song played in the game show Beat Shazam. In this clip, host and creator Jamie Foxx talks about using the Shazam app. Here we go. So the last time I used it, too, it was in Budapest. And it was a lot of crazy mixes. Like, there was a, uh, the Migos mix. It was like a uh, like a house mix. It was crazy to use the Shazam. So, so I always use the Shazam. But like this, this idea to do the show... We've been trying to do this for like three years. I don't. I don't want. I don't think I want to see it. Season five of Beat Shazam premieres tonight at nine on Fox. I think how how it goes is that Apple purchased Shazam and has incorporated incorporated it directly into Siri. Okay. So you have the separate Shazam app, but you can just ask Siri to identify a song, and it will do likewise. Is that what you were doing the other day? Yes, but okay. it was with, with our um, uh, loop there it is, yep. but uh, it couldn't grab. It wasn't enough audio for it to determine what it was. Right. All right, that's it. Entertainment Report. We need to take a break. We're going to come back in just a moment. New week for you, friends. Let's spend it together. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. We'll be back shortly. Hey, it's Steve. It's been over two years since we had a live performance in the Preston and Steve studio. This week, that changed. We welcomed The Warning, a rockin' trio of sisters from Mexico, and damn, did they blow us away. Check out our conversation with the band and this historical performance at PrestonandSteve.com. One more time, can I get a hey? Hey! Hey! Uh, we're preparing for a few things coming up. You may have heard uh, we're headed to North Wildwood for Eggs with Peg. Uh, Keenan's live broadcast on Friday with Coors Light. It's the official opening of the Jersey Shore. So we got that on our plate. We have the President Steve Blood Drive, the I Bleed for President Steve Blood Drive. That is June 24th. You can get signed up for that right now. But we had to get one thing out of the way, and that was the MMRBQ. Oh, yeah. And that happened on Saturday. Or was it yeah, Saturday? Saturday. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, it seems like a blur, but yeah, uh, Saturday. Saturday, and uh, just to recap a little bit about it, um, ended up having a great time. Uh, I know the, the weather was a concern, the heat. Uh, obviously, it was really 
toasty and Hot. soupy and <laughs> all those things. Uh, but it ended up being a lot of fun. Uh, we had a really cool thing that took place, and it was the Preston and Steve side stage. First time we pulled off something like that. Hopefully not the last. I'm I telling loved you, man, it, man. We got to do that every year. That was so much yeah. fun, having another stage of just <laughs> stuff going on. Well, and the way it was timed out was perfect, because as the main stage bands were swapping out their stuff and getting ready, and, you know, there was downtime, people just came over to the side stage, our stage, and we had the uh, the live karaoke uh, contest, well, not contest, but show. Yeah. And Froggy played. And so you'd have, I mean, like a whole sea of people coming over to watch what we were doing over there. It was terrific. I was really curious and really concerned that no one would come over that right, way. Right. Because it was, it's a ways off from the main stage. <clears throat> but as soon as we would get on the mic, everybody started heading Yeah, over. it yeah. was packed over and it there. it filled, and it was great. So they were in between our, our side show, uh, a side stage. Shouldn't be a side show. <laughs> it was. Uh, was in between acts like uh, uh, Lil Lazar and Crobot and Low Cut Connie. Yeah. And um, we had, uh, you know, the 10 people that we got uh, through the online, you know, submission process. And every single one of them was awesome. Yeah. Every were, single one of them like, brought their own thing. From, I mean, Superstition was performed yeah. all the way up to you know the hardest rock songs. Yeah, with costuming and every, it was it was terrific. You had the dude that was dancing, Kathy, uh, who came over to you and said that he had saved up. Was it was it you that? Yeah, you told yeah, me he, this. He said he wanted to make sure he had enough energy. Like yeah. towards the end, he's like, so I I didn't. It seemed like uh, he he was a little bit nervous that he was going to have energy at the end, so he saved it up. But you said because I saw the kind of the beginning to the middle of it, and then I walked under the tent. You said he went. Nuts! Oh yeah! yeah. Oh man! So. He was he was moving. He was pulling all the moves out. Oh, In fact, right. okay. the guy that was up next, I can't remember because we had ten of them. It was either yeah. Jerry or Nick. One of the two looked up there and goes, "Oh, I got to follow this." <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, you're talking about the keep your hands to yourself guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wait, and l- I have a funny story about him. So I don't. I think I told Steve. I told Marissa. I told a few people. I was like. This guy is like pounding drinks. Yes, like, uh, he had a big old. He had a pounder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He, so he had two at one point, and I saw him finish one. He crushed it. He threw it out, and then he and, and then I saw him with two like a little bit later. I'm like, this guy is pounding drinks. Flash forward hours later. I'm backstage with Marissa, and I walk into the little Live Nation room, and I'm like, can I grab a water from you guys? They're like, yeah, go ahead. I look in their refrigerator. I go, you don't have any water in here. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, the can, that's water. The guy was slamming water, not oh, beer. Yeah, yeah. Liquid death is what, okay. <laughs> yeah. Liquid, what was it called? I think it's called liquid death. It's, yeah. it's yeah. water. It looks yeah. like beer. It so looks I'm like, like, this poor yeah. guy, I'm telling everybody okay. he's slamming beers, and he wasn't. It was water. Dude, <laughs> water. I, saw, they, I found that out because uh, Paul Blake walked by. From from the company here, and he had it, and everyone said, "What are you drinking there?" And he goes, "It's water." Yeah, yeah no, I remember those from yeah. last year. Going, "What is that stuff? Yeah. Liquid death? Are you kidding me?" It's yeah, water. and then I found out it was water. I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, Kathy, I was thinking the same right? thing with the guy because I just saw the big can. I yeah. didn't see what it said on it. I'm like, he's really holding himself together. Dude can pound, man. man it was the, water. The dancing really burns <laughs> off the alcohol. He uh, was really excited. Though. I mean, they all were, but like he, I, I saw all his friends come over to him afterwards like i was really happy for him sidearm was sensational sensational good and uh our buddy uh bobby the drummer is just the nicest guy in the world and i was so happy that they got to play and and they 
they were like, yeah, we're let's do this next year. Or, you know, they're, they're just, they can, and here's the deal. Here's what's crazy. So, you know, we had this audition process for these singers to be a part yeah. of this. This is how, and I didn't know. I thought mm-hmm. everybody was on the same page about everything. <laughs> Every time I would introduce a singer, I would literally say their name. All right, come on up here. And they walk up on stage, and the guitarist would lean over and go, what song are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they go, uh, Rebel Yell. Okay. Okay. And they would just play it. Yep. Like they just they had no idea what to have anything ready. They just That's how good they are. You just say a song yeah. and they know it perfectly. And there was like a, to end. a list of like 60, 70 songs or something, and they just tore right into yep. it. By the way, has anybody ever seen Steve Wilson from Wilson's Barbecue and uh, Bobby from the uh, the band in the same room at the same time? <laughs> no. Because they are the same person. <laughs> They're pretty close. They're pretty solid. I'll so. tell you who also blew me away, Preston, was uh, uh, the uh, the Axl Rose uh, kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Axl Clone. Axl His name was Tommy. Yeah. So yeah. the band was talking about... Um, 11 years old, by the way. Right. Tore it up. And uh, and they were saying, you know, they were saying how blown away they were by him and his performance, and he was belting it out. But everyone really rose to the challenge, and you could see how excited they were because there was a sea of people in front yeah. of them. They, they were, were performing, performing. For, yeah, yeah I was ex- concert. I was excited to see Lord Byron. And, <laughs> oh my god, because uh, I thought his audition video was was really great, but it, it was also. It was well produced, so I was like, "Let me see how this guy does live." <laughs> and he did the same song he did, Mister Brightside. God, he was so good. And he came in a full, mm-hmm. must have been heat stroke inducing <laughs> outfit because yeah. he had he had but the he powdered w- wig, he had everything. Yeah, it was from like the seventeen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was sweating looking at him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he like he seemed fine. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It was just one of those people. I guess wasn't sweating. And his name was like Lord Horbath or yeah, something. Byron like that. Hor- <laughs> Hor- yeah, Byron Horbath. He was he was but awesome. What's great is is so froggy. You know, I follow them. On, on uh, Instagram, and they posted a photo of uh, of this guy in a yeah. powdered wig and, a, and walking into the venue, and it just said, "What the hell?" Yeah. Right? And meanwhile, they're backstage with him. Yeah. Uh, hang on. We have uh, Ryan from Sidearm is on the phone line. Ryan, how you doing, man? Hey, bother to saw you at work. <laughs> Dude, uh, you guys were amazing. You were fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, I just wanted to call to thank you guys for having us or whoever else was involved. It was just it was awesome for us. It was a real uh, it was a real treat. Um, just the whole event was fun, and the parking was good. By the way, we got to pull right up near the stage. <laughs> there you go. No, right there you go. go. Yeah, kind of helps. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I think that we have found something that is new and unique and really cool to uh, to do at the event. You guys were just so smooth uh, with with everybody coming up there. Uh, did any of those singers stand out to you a little bit, Ryan? I, I hate to I hate to uh, put it this way, but they they seriously all were very good in their own right. I'm, I'm not BSing. Yeah. Um, I did I did like that 11 year old Axel kind of stomping around the stage like yes. all ticked off. Yeah, yeah. He was putting on a show. And, and actually, the guy who was dressed like Ben Franklin or whatever that was, <laughs> yeah. he was. Uh, he was really good. Like I, I thought, it was going to maybe be mostly costume, and maybe he would he would flop the performance. But he he sang very well, and he pulled it off great. I yeah. thought they all were just were just great. You know, it's amazing, Ryan. Just also the way, I, and that was it was a batter was handling the the mixing, or yep. who, yeah. So yep. so batter audio. Everybody had different people singing at different levels, and if you were out in front, and I kept walking out in front of the stage to hear. The mix and everything was great. You guys sounded great. And and Preston was right. We were amazed at how, like, on a dime, okay, here's the new song we're doing, and let's just go. And it just flowed. We loved it. 
Thank you. Yeah, you know, it, it, that, that started a lot from my our singer Richie, the bass player, is just incredible. He's incredible range, and he's been playing for like 30 years. He knows like 1,200 songs, and I learned a lot from playing with him. I picked up a lot along the way, and he he can kind of hit all those same things, like where you make your voice sound like a girl. That that one guy that did the cranberries reminded me of what Richie does when we play out. He'll do like a lot of more set, like no problem, and then go over <laughs> right to the skid row. Yeah, it's fun. That was that was. That was Nick McGrath, yeah, in, in his audition, he did Everlong by Foo Fighters. So yeah. when he switched to uh, the Cranberries, I was like a little bit nervous, yeah. you know? And then, no, he was great. Grab us into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah very the cool. The way he shrunk his voice, he sounded like he, he had some helium. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was awesome. And yeah. you guys ended up playing a gig later that night, didn't you? We did. I was uh, I was trying to fall asleep on the way there. My lovely wife Erica drove us uh, to the next one. She had got more rest the previous night, and uh, <laughs> thank her for that. I didn't I didn't uh, snooze at all, but uh, <laughs> we got through with just adrenaline and caffeine. You know, awesome, nice. awesome. Well, listen, but Ryan, it was nice to play with you, uh, Preston. That was <laughs> yeah, awesome. thanks, man. I, I appreciate you letting me get up there and and play. It was just uh, it was uh, uh, anytime I can get behind the drums, I'm happy. So thank you for you that. Join a band, maybe you should join. A band. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on it, buddy. I'm working on it. All right, thank you, right. Ryan. Take care, bud. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. you. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, Speaking so of, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. So, Press, you um you got up with the band and played uh, Eruption, and you really got me. And mm-hmm. you uh, were too busy just uh you know playing the Pagan Skins that you didn't notice that. Uh, Marcus was in the sound tent and he was standing on top of a table to get video and photos of you and the leg of the <gasps> table gave out. Oh what? God. Yeah. Uh, he's okay. But I missed it all, uh, to get, uh, uh, all together as well. But Chuck D'Amico was just dying because he watched it all happen. Oh, no. I got I got Preston. I, I have those Ray-Bans with the built-in camera. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I, got, I got a lot of Preston playing um, from side stage Preston. So I'll send you the videos. Right. But... Um, I stayed on my feet, <laughs> yeah. so the uh, I, I feel so bad for Marcus. <laughs> oh, Marcus! Uh, oh, he, yeah, he fell off a table. I had <clears throat> fallen uh, just a, a little bit after that, Steve. I had fallen into the pavilion. <laughs> I was walking through a doorway, and I guess there was maybe just a little bit of a lip, but it was about an inch and a half high. And I fell into the doorway, and I basically tackled this guy to save myself from falling flat on my, oh my face. God. The, dude, this guy thought I was attacking him. He had no, like, I yeah. mean, it was a violent tackle. Yeah. And it took him, like, a good five <laughs> to ten seconds to figure out what the F was going on. And then I was like, because I would yeah. have fallen had yeah. I not grabbed this guy. <laughs> and then eventually he was like, oh. Oh, oh, and then I ended up taking a picture with him. But he's like, what? He thought he was being attacked. But, like, and that was right after Marissa had broken both of her shoes. So we really, as, a, as yeah. an air staff, had just a, a banner about a half hour time. We'll cover there. that in just a second. But uh, Froggy. Froggy. We, we, we've got to. <laughs> got to uh, get to Froggy. we got to talk about that. Those those guys are so fun. They're so cool. The three of them. They really are. They're, 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 they're sweet is the word to apply to a punk band, a, a trio. But their their hearts are completely in the right places. Yep. They brought some family. They were blown away. Uh, and Preston on stage, man, they've they've got it. The they've, crowd, they've got them. a stage yeah. presence. They're Kathy. Did you see the mosh pit? Yes. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I I I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, is that happening? And it's yeah. happening. Sure enough. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and it was funny watching the people kind of bobbing their heads and banging their heads out there. And I saw some people you would not expect ever to see getting into some straight-up punk like that. Uh, And it was just awesome. And they were really, really sweet talking about us on stage. And and they're just, you know, I mean, 
uh, listen, they're 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 young, but uh, to us, they're kids. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But they've got this attitude that is just well, they, undeniable. They are, you say they brought family. It was their parents. Yeah. They are oh, kids. Yeah. Two, of them are yeah. still, two of them are graduating from high school in the next yeah. two weeks. So that's why they, I said, how, how, how are the gigs? And, and uh, they go, well... June's kind of out of the picture because we're it's, two of us are graduating. <laughs> so, so they, they, they um, so Kathy, when they took the stage, so they, you know, how you know how punk is? They're short songs, but they went like through three or four songs and just kept the energy going. And and the the pounding, the crowd. I was by the speakers. I was like, oh my god, yeah. this is awesome. The sound was huge. It was huge coming through that through those stacks. Yeah. The sound yeah. was big. I, I missed, was out in front for it. I missed the end of it when you jumped up on stage. Was did they do the Preston and Steve song? That's when they yeah they were in the middle of that. Oh, right. they, okay, they were doing okay, the okay. Preston and Steve song, a Steve show song, and I forgot how short it was. I told Steve, I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna run out there and, and thrash, you know. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh my god, the song's almost over. So I ran out there and just started banging my head, and that was it. Steve, um, is this video we're watching? Is this from your Ray Bans? No, no, no. Oh. I have I have stuff from the from the side. I have Preston. Uh, I wanted to just catch this, um, you know, from the front and just pay attention to it that way. But I got Preston from the side on the on uh, eruption and uh, some other stuff going on. Uh, so you have Morgan and Brooke and uh, Fiona are the three members, and that what I I love their little banter in between songs and stuff like that because there's the song they're about to play, and, and Brooke is on the mic, and she's like, "All right, so this next song." It's about Spy Kids. I love it. She's like, you know that movie where they all turn into a video game? Yeah, this is about that song. Or that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but they, and then Morgan, the way she screams, too, she's like, all right, this song, uh, this is our second song, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, counting off the band like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. And they were like, do you guys like pizza? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They yeah. had a good Preston banter. like this song. Who hears from uh, who, from Philly? Who's here from Jersey? Who's here from other places? And, and the uh-huh. crowd, they, they, they are so likable uh-huh. that the crowd was responding. But, but I mean, you, if you were anticipating anything other than straight up real deal punk, I mean, you, you, you yeah. have to be blown away by what you saw. Yep. And Preston, I heard you ask them, where do we get your merchandise? Because I've gotten a number of emails asking for it. Did they say where we can get it? Yeah, so Brooke said that they've, they, they now have a store where you can purchase this online now. I didn't. I didn't see exactly where if it's on their Facebook page okay. or what it may be. And I was like, you got. I'm like, you would have sold it all here. Yeah, you would have yeah. brought it with you, but they haven't had the means to make it yet. And they're, they're still right in high school. Yeah. yeah, they're yeah. still yeah. in high school. They need to graduate. Yeah. No, but they're 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 on they're on the right path, man. Look at they're, they're yeah. in a Kevin Smith movie. They play. Yeah. They they probably when they looked out and they said, you know, they saw that sea of people and they were j- heads pounding up and down. Yeah. It's as good as it gets. Well, before they're set, uh, I uh, brought them out to... There was a little girl there. Her name is Devin. Her birthday is in two days. She turns nine years old, and she was at the MMRBQ solely, only to see Froggy. <laughs> yep. And that was her, her birthday present. That's all she wanted to do. And so the, the girls went out and, and met her, that's and awesome. it was awesome. So we spent a big chunk of our time over there, and that's why we're mainly talking about those stories. But, but elsewhere, uh, the only band I really got to go out and see some of was uh, Living Color. Yeah. Uh, and they were amazing. Corey Glover is just an incredible front man. And, uh, and, uh, Will Calhoun, I stood from the back and watched him play drums because the guy's a monster. So uh, it was just amazing catching them. We got a little backstage view of all of, uh, their situation before they went on stage and like their manager was basically like, he was like, let's go. You guys are late. We got to get on stage. Like he was trying to wrangle them. He went back and forth like. 
six times. Yeah. He went to the stage and then back to the dressing room and then went to the stage. Again. Each time he had somebody new with him. And finally, Corey Glover's coming and he looks at us and he's like, see what I mean? He's like, you're 20 minutes late. Get on stage. Uh, what was really funny is uh, Royal Blood. So they, they came, you know, just to the two of them. And I, I know a lot of people like found out on Saturday hmm. that it's just two people. Yeah. And I had so many people going, oh, that's that's them, and they had a really cool, unique stage design. You had alerted us to yeah, it. Yeah, right? yeah, it was cool. Chuck showed it to me. They had this uh, circle of, of lights, essentially a, a semicircle that that uh, kind of shrank the stage for them because there were only two guys. Right. But uh, Ben, the drummer, is up on this riser with a big gong behind his drum kit, and they play kind of side by side. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know the drummer usually in back and the other people up front, so they have this really unique setup that that works for two people. Uh, but they they push a big sound too, man. I was able to, from where we were. I was able to hear you know off stage here stuff, and the crowd seemed to be really re- reacting well. Loka Connie, it was. I received. saw them. I wish I would have seen them. I, well. I talked to Adam afterwards. Pierre and I kind of yeah. sat down with him, and he was just so thankful and said he had a blast. And the energy that they bring to the stage is is uh, it's unrivaled. It's it's insane because it's you know it's a whole bunch of people, and you know the, these two young ladies that are like the backup singers and tambourine players like right. they're jumping and dancing all over the stage you know adam is on top of his piano and he's running all over i just i i loved it i had never seen them actually perform live and i yeah. was yeah i saw no i saw it too case and i didn't realize that that was the show that they put on you know i think when he came in here uh <laughs> it didn't indicate at all what they do on stage and mm-hmm. i had no idea and i was like i looked at him and i guess i saw the aftermath i'm like did he try to rip a shirt off? Like what? What happened here? Um, but yeah, it was it was really good. Nice. Uh, Marissa has an audio clip. Is that oh. what we're gonna play? What is this? It's, uh, I guess him giving us a shout out. All right, here we go. This is new. I played this the other day on the best morning show, <laughs> Preston and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Uh, he's such a good guy. Did, he, did yeah. he call it the E Center when he was on stage? The okay. E Center. All right, yeah. wait, hang on. Well, let's see here. And boys and girls of New Jersey or wherever the f- you're from, today, right here at the FM Center, E Center, Susquehanna, <laughs> WMMRBQ, <laughs> I just want you to do what you feel. It's great. It's great. I was a, a little nervous going into Saturday. I thought that the heat was going to make people, yeah. uh, you know, maybe drinking too much or, or arrive you know, later. Yeah, and and I got there, uh, you know, around one. I think it's when most of us got there. I was really surprised at the number of the people in the parking lot, the people that had gone in early, not early, gone in, you know, when the gates open or whatever. And it was a really good vibe all day long. And I was just, I was so pleasantly surprised at how much fun everybody was having. We had a really cool uh, interaction with Taylor Momsen mm-hmm. uh, from yeah. Pretty Reckless. We were in the, the backstage area, kind of in between acts, and and uh, there's there's kind of an area that we just uh, hang in limbo for a little while when nothing's happening. <clears throat> and um, her management brought her back there, and it was just us, and we hung out for a good 20 minutes, just, yeah. just talking. Just, uh, just, uh, she was really <laughs> easy really to chat sweet. with. And I know that's got to be, uh, you know, so part of the deal, obviously, is socializing with the, the people at various radio stations that you visit. And that's, you know, kind of expected at some level. But um, it was a nice, casual, good conversation. She's really easy. Mm-hmm. She loves MMR, clearly. Yeah. 
And I did a selfie with her, and I accidentally touched her butt. Yeah, you so, did. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, she was. We were, we were doing, you know, quick photos, and I go and I put my arm around her, and she wears these like six inch tall boots. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So it makes her a lot taller. Uh, because of that. And so I reach around, I'm holding my phone up, <laughs> and I took two pictures. Now, the second picture, like, my, I felt the back of my hand touch something really soft. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I did not mean to touch your butt. Yeah. And she was like, oh, my God, please. Don't worry about it. Well, and she was so sweet, so nice. Like you said, we just sat back there and talked with her. Uh, and then she got on stage, and Marissa and I went down and uh, watched her. And she just, I mean, she rocked the stage. Like, yeah, it, to go from that sweet little thing backstage <laughs> to what she does on stage, I was like, wow. Yeah, she's kind of wayfish, but yeah. she can she can rock hard. Yeah, I mean, she she's, did. she's got a hell of a voice on her, and she's uh, got a great stage presence, so... Uh, there, that there, was excellent. There right. was a number of other things in case you you so, sort of um, uh, brought it up earlier. Um, <clears throat> I had no idea that uh, Marissa Magnata was a cobbler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because uh, Dear God. I, I, I was seeing hints of something going on, mm-hmm. and then uh, it was it was. <laughs> So she was wearing these gigantic wedges. Yeah. Right? So Which re- she always does. She wears re- yeah, really big. Heel. And the bottom on one of them was it the bottom that broke first? So it's kind of, it basically is the sole, even though it's just even though it's it's so big. It, it was the sole it, of the shoe came off <laughs> the actual um, like ankle strap and the top that goes over the yeah. toes. Yeah. But, but both of them ripped off both of her shoes at the same time while we were on the side stage. I had to bend down and unbuckle them from her ankle because she couldn't walk. This is like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This is is the the beginning of the day. And so Marissa had to scramble because you didn't have any other shoes, right? No, no. Because Kathy kindly gave me a ride so I didn't have any extra shoes in my car. (laughs) Um, And she was like, I I would cry. Like, you have to go home. I I said to her, I go, the way that you're dealing with this right now, I would be crying and walking back to my car. (laughs) This one busted out tape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we have, let me take it back a, a notch before that. So when I'm at the, the gate, which is by the area that gets you into the side stage backstage, which is a tented area that had fans where everyone could be comfortable. And I'm just thinking, oh, look at this lovely Ecuadorian woman coming up to <laughs> Dude, us. Dude, she walked up to me and handed me some papers and right. some information. <clears throat> I swear to God, I didn't know it was her. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was Marissa. She had just gotten spray tanned. I was not getting on stage with these white legs and jean shorts. No, get up there with your orange face. And did you get spray tanned on Saturday? Uh, Friday night. Okay, okay. In the pouring rain. I didn't know you, man. Swear to God, I thought. Well, I, I. I did not recognize her at first. Let me also, like, I had found this vintage MMR t-shirt at yeah. this, like, spot in Port Richmond called Golden Bear Garage. Um, so I thought that was going to be, like, my thing all day. Everyone's going to yeah. be like, look at this cool t-shirt you have. Where is that from? Yeah. It's from, like, 1980. Nope. It was my gaff-taped black and orange shoes, which people started asking me. They're like, where are these great orange shoes from? Um, they're literally just a combination of all the gaff tape I could find and mm-hmm. I just pieced them together. That was pretty punk rock of me, right? No, you did. She, together. Uh, that these, and, and, and both, I know Kathy, you were working on it as well, but it was like it was like if NASCAR, a NASCAR pit crew <laughs> yes. and and uh, DSW merged, mm-hmm. that's what you guys were doing, but you managed to make it work because you uh, finished off for many hours yeah. after that with these gaff tape shoes with this very cool orange tape around to keep your feet in. And it worked. Here's a text that says, I saw Kathy and Marissa at the top of the lawn getting drinks. And uh, me and my buddy were wondering why the hell she had orange tape wrapped <laughs> around her shoes. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I drew a, a parallel over the weekend. Um because this actually happened moments after I took a selfie on stage, just like when I fell on the ice at the Citizens oh, Bank Park. Yes. I took a selfie and then moments later fell on my face on TV. Right, well, right. This is it, too. There's another one. It was very funny, though. It was great. Oh, my God. I mean, they looked pretty good, right? They did. And yeah, you know what? I Listen, they were cool. it also gave you a project, you know, just for, for a hot minute. It gave you something to do. I couldn't believe she yeah. pulled it. Like, when that happened, I looked at those and I'm like, I go, do you want me to go see if somebody is selling flip-flops, like yeah. one of the like vendors or something? Yeah. And she's like, no, I got it. I'm okay. like, okay. A, but a double blowout. I mean, you know, <laughs> that, 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 at the same time, I can only imagine you said they were older shoes, right? Yeah, they then were. Then with the, combined with the heat, yep. had to be too much. Yep. Yeah, it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the uh, the local eight guys. One guy was like, I have Crocs in my car. Do you want them? And then no. the other guy, Matt, gave me the orange tape. So thank you to those guys. So they were just entertained by me, too. <laughs> so funny. Uh, by the way, all the, the singers on our side stage were uh, Jack Sparks, uh, Sap Sapio, uh, <laughs> Jeff Ealing, uh, Alexis Rose, uh, Axel Clone, who was Tommy, the 11-year-old. Yeah. And then we had uh, Mikey Krasner. Uh, Jerry Logan, Nick McGrath, Byron Edward. That was Lord Byron. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and Erica. Oh, and I, I kept messing up her name. Diamedio. Uh, Diamedio. Yeah, that's it. Yes, exactly. So, uh, by the way, we got an email from Sap, and he said, uh, "Oh my God, where do I start? Uh, I want to express my thanks and appreciation for having the opportunity to perform with Sidearm and Live Band Karaoke. Those guys were a super tight cover band. It was a great contest. Hope you guys continue the tradition at the MM Barbecue." Uh, and he said, you made us feel like rock stars for a day. I can't thank you enough. I even won a VIP year membership at Club Risque <laughs> simply by spinning their wheel. <laughs> he said, I am one sappy camper. <laughs> uh, and, he wanted, and, he, and he goes on to, to thank us. And and, uh, uh, and then at the end, he said, a big shout out to all my fellow contest winners and performers. Everyone kicked ass. And I was honored to meet you all again Thank you, the President Steve Show is a really special and memorable experience for me. Can't wait for next year's MMRBQ. So, yeah, we will we'll have to do that. And thank you to Chuck D'Amico. Yeah. It was his idea yeah. uh, to do the live band karaoke thing. And, and it was one of the things like, will this work? Maybe it will. It sounds mm-hmm. like a good idea, and but we won't know until we do it. And it ended up being great. And Jackie Bam Bam for spinning a set yeah. after Froggy as well. That was really cool. So thank you, Jackie. Well, and you, as you, I think you pointed out on stage that it was all because we were looking for a mechanism to get Froggy to perform. Yeah, we yeah. wanted Froggy to be there, and we couldn't, they weren't going to have enough material to do a main right. stage set. Right. Uh, so the side stage thing came along. We were like, well, it can't be just them. We need to do something yeah. else. But we didn't have time to get other bands on board. Right. And then Chuck came up with this idea, and it ended up being just the perfect recipe. And the whole day was was great. Everybody was wonderful. Thanks to Live Nation and and uh, you know all the staff at uh, at the FM Center. Is that what we're yeah, calling it? Called yeah, the FM Center. They were all great, and, and there was just a general good vibe. All of the security, all of the people who handled everything. Um, you know, Eric Simon, of course, was you know orchestrating so much going on. But for a day that was so oppressive, and it was our big worry from the beginning. Preston was that we were going from. Spring to late August weather without any ability yeah. to acclimate. Uh, I did see a lot of people who had heeded the advice to have lots of water. I yes. didn't really see a lot of people, 
you know, uh, getting decimated. Did I didn't you? either. Yeah. No. Yeah. And Marissa and I walked, or like the the um, person said, we were up like in the um, on the lawn up at the top, and yeah, we didn't see too many people. Like, yeah, that, I think nice people paced themselves, and, and yeah. uh, they got uh, took advantage of water when they could. The people I saw a lot of people, Steve, carrying around like gallon containers of yeah. water when they walked yeah. in. Likewise. Also, a uh, huge shout out to Connor because uh, that guy oh, just never yeah. stopped all day, and, <laughs> and he, like, he was running yeah. back and forth. And thank you so much for helping me out, Connor, at, at my little charity table. And uh, and I saw him going from one part of the venue to another, and Connor's just the best. Yeah, Rodney Air and Air Engineering Department. Oh there are a lot of engineers uh, working to make that thing, uh, you know, go seam- as seamlessly as it could. And Bill Weston seemed happy, and you guys said he'd come uh, from Casey. the future. Yeah. <laughs> you want to explain that? Uh, he just he was dressed like Doc Brown on vacation. And, uh... <laughs> did you see the picture of him and Taylor Momsen? No. Uh, I said, yes, I did. I said yeah. it to you guys on Saturday night. <laughs> We had pointed that out to her, and she found that quite funny. <laughs> he was dressed like Doc Brown on vacation. And uh, Will Calhoun said he would come back to the camp out for hunger. Oh, uh, yeah? Yes. All right. He was excellent. All right. Well, wonderful. Thank you all for being there. If you missed out on it, don't worry. We'll do it again next year. Yeah. Oh, Just yeah. make sure that you're a part of it. Because no matter what, even if there's not necessarily bands that you're way into, but you have a great time. Yeah. It's, it's always a great time. That's for there's sure. something going on. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. And the Bizarre File is what is up next. So make sure that you stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We got a screening of the movie, the Bob's Burgers movie. It is Wednesday at the UA King of Prussia, 7 o'clock, and I can take callers 10, 11, and 12 and give you some passes to go see that. It's a four-pack of t- uh, tickets. It's a way. funny show. I'm looking forward to the movie. 215-263-WMMR is from 20th Century Pictures, and the Bob's Burgers movie will hit theaters on May 27th. So callers 10, 11, and 12, they are yours. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by Sequoia Outback, celebrating 25 years, making backyards beautiful all over the Delaware Valley. You can stop in for their annual... Memorial Day sale, which is going on now, Route 309 in Hatfield or at DeckSupplies.com. I'm going to start with a terrible one. Start with just a, a horrible story. A Texas landscaper died after being attacked by a giant swarm of bees as he hung suspended from a tree. This is nightmarish. Franco Galvin Martinez uh, disturbed the hive as he was working at a home in Austin and accidentally kicked away the ladder beneath him, the family says. So he had no way down. No, and a family friend said, I guess in a panic trying to swat away the bees from himself, he kicked away the ladder. said the hive was so ginormous that it literally covered Franco instantly. This is the horrible part. Two of the victims, co-workers below, tried to help, but they were also stung, and for over 10 minutes, all they could do was endure hearing him screaming. Just horrible. horrible. I heard them classified as hybrid bees. Do you know what, what they meant by that? No. Okay. Emergency services were called to the scene on Thursday. Firefighter used, firefighters used their hoses to blast the bees away so that they could 
uh, reach the man, and city officials said that the incident has been assigned to the Austin Code Department, who sent an inspector to the home where the incident took place. A professional beehive remover, Mike Lopez, said uh, in the case of an attack... You have to keep moving. He said you try to get indoors or into a vehicle. Under no circumstances do you stop moving. He said that after bees sting a person or animal, they release alarm pheromones that signal the other bees to join the attack. He said once you have one, then you have two, then you have 16, and it will keep on going until you have thousands on you. That's just how those creatures uh, act. That's just how they do it. It's just terrible. All right. A lighter note. A high school prank gone awry sent students in Texas home for summer break two days earlier this week and what administrators are calling an act of significant vandalism. Jesus. In an email by Memorial High School, Principal uh, Heather Albuquerque told uh, parents that uh, classes were canceled Thursday and Friday because of damage caused by students after a supervised post-it note prank devolved into chaos. The police and fire department were called to assist with the situation. Post-it notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the incident, which was captured on camera and posted to social media, is being investigated. A group of students were being appro- were approved to use post-it notes on the walls to decorate and place messages around the campuses under staff supervision. But a small number of students ended up causing thousands of dollars in damage. Uh, the vandalism included paint on the walls and chemicals from fire extinguishers being deployed, uh, making air quality in the school unsafe. Students also destroyed furniture and more, making it necessary for the district to clean every surface on the 300,000-square-foot campus, including the walls, the ceilings, and the floors. They got a little carried away. Uh, though no one was injured, administrators emphasized that anyone found responsible will face criminal charges and be held liable for the cost and cleanup of the fiasco, as well as facing restrictions on participation in graduation activities. So they did so, straight up vandalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. were just uh, ripping the school apart. School so part. at some point, Fun. it got away from them. <laughs> it's a prank. Listen to this. This is terrible. I'm, go- I'm, I'm alternating between horrible and yeah. lighter stories. A hiker died after falling through an ice bridge in Alaska, state officials oh, said. Geez. The climber, a 43-year-old man from Japan, was reportedly unroped from his teammates when he fell near their camp, which was at approximately 8,000 feet on the uh, Kalitna uh, Glacier. Uh, after contacting mountaineering rangers, attempts were made to save the hiker. One ranger repelled into the crevasse as deep as possible, confirming that the ice bridge collapse had filled the narrow crevasse with a large volume of snow and ice approximately 80 feet below the glacier surface. Uh, the ranger was unable to descend further and reach the climber. Officials are trying to determine whether it will be feasible to recover the hiker's body in the coming it's days. Sometimes terrifying. They, sometimes yeah. they don't. They, yeah. they can't get to them. It's too dangerous. Uh, the Polk County Sheriff's Office arrested a woman, they say, called 911 and assaulted restaurant workers because her McDonald's order was wrong. Uh, Tianis Jones was arrested Friday evening. Deputies said Jones went too far over a mistake with her McDonald's drive through order. A Happy Meal with a chocolate shake, a filet of fish sandwich, tea, and fries. Is that so hard? <laughs> and according to Sheriff Grady Judd, something was wrong with Jones' order, so employees asked her to pull up to the next window. Instead, Judd said that Jones parked, went inside. Surveillance... <laughs> Surveillance video shows Jones becoming increasingly displeased with the service despite workers offering to fix the issue as well as returning her money. Jones became so angry she called 911 to complain that McDonald's had gotten her order wrong and that's when things went from bad to worse, according to Judd. 
Uh, Jones went behind the counter and started throwing things. She lifted a sleeve of cups and threw them at the employees and into the dining room. Judd said that the full encounter lasted 10 minutes with the sheriff's office. 10 only minutes. Two minutes of the altercation. Uh, Jones' sister and mother said that they were... Uh, uh, that they were there, and they tried to get her to leave, and they stayed behind after Jones left. They were cooperating with investigators. Uh, and, and I want my daughter about her! Judge said, I don't know what was wrong with her that night, and his quote was from the sheriff. He said, I don't know if she was two fries short of a Happy Meal, <laughs> but she created a McMess and acted like a McNutt wow. and ended up a McBurglar. Uh, Jones was arrested on burglary with assault, criminal mischief, disorderly conduct, and misuse of 911 in the charges. How many stories do you have like that? People freaking out over fast food. Yeah, yeah, just waking out. Yeah. Yep. All right, this is messed up. This took place in South America. A cop on house arrest was killed by his own dog while he awaited trial for one of Argentina's most emblematic cases of alleged police abuse in recent memory. Argentine police shot at a car during a high-speed pursuit, shots that prosecutors later described as without probable cause. The car under pursuit then crashed into a parked trailer, killing three young teenagers and one adult. After the protests and outrage, 24 police were charged for either being involved in the incident or helping to cover it up. So one of those cops was on house arrest, and I don't really have any other story. They focused mainly on this incident that took place in the past. But I don't have any stories. His own Rottweiler killed him while he was under house arrest. He was wearing a turtleneck made out of turkey, Preston. Oh, Uh, no, you can't do that. that. Uh, So nearly three years after the incident, the emblematic case has not yet gone to trial. While one of those officers will not face justice due to the attack from his Rottweiler. And then one last story. A mystery turned up on Northern California's uh, Northern California's. Mendocino County Coast when a passerby found the carcass of what appeared to be a monstrous dolphin. It looks like a giant dolphin. Wow. But it's a 16-foot-long creature that first reported May 15th has been identified as a rarely seen beaked whale. Ah. I've never heard of this. A beaked whale. According to the Noyo Center there for Mar- many of me left. Uh, for marine science. <laughs> I am a beaked whale. However, so little is known about the beaked whales that experts have yet to determine the exact species of beaked whale they found. We're just beaked whales. Uh, the cause of death also remains a mystery. They said, uh, the, the group's uh, leader said, beaked whales are fascinating and elusive group. Because we have beaks. Uh, they live in deep water environments and are known to dive deeper than any other marine mammal. Please baptize me before I die. <laughs> making them uh, mysterious and difficult to find or study. Yeah, it's a fascinating looking creature. Yeah. Uh, the whale was just discovered by a passerby. How does and, it cook up? Uh, finding one of the beaches <laughs> is on the beach is so rare that the center quickly sent a team to conduct necropsy to collect samples and information. This but is the, delicious. They said they never come by close to the shore and they avoid boats, making them very difficult to observe, let alone identify any at sea. But it's a pretty wild looking thing. It looks like a huge dolphin. Yeah. All right, and that is all I have in the Bizarre File. i got more stories. They'll be coming up a little bit later on this morning. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Don't forget, friends, this Friday, Kenan's Eggs with Peg. Yeah. Sponsored by Coors Light. Details at WMMR.com. If you have not gotten them yet, we'll be back in a moment. And podcasters, we saved some of those Bob's Burgers movie tickets just for you. If you would like to go to Preston and Steve's advanced screening of the film on Wednesday, May 25th at the UA King of Prussia, well, go to WMR.com right now, scroll down, look for the secret contest, enter there, and we'll randomly select winners to get passes to the Bob's Burger movie screening. Good luck, and thanks for listening. 
Oh, by the way, uh, Friday with Keenan's coming up, uh, the live broadcast, we are looking for some people. We're trying to get a few contestants for these games that we do in advance. Yes. So if you're planning on coming and uh, you meet some of these qualifications, then maybe you can sign up. Number one, we need some tiny people. Tiny. Smaller people uh, for a little contest that we've done in the past. I'm not going to give away no. everything on the air, what we're doing here. But if you are small in stature, uh, then you may want to participate in a particular contest. You're going to be there. You can sign up for that now. If you want to, you go to PrestonandSteve.com. And you'll see what we're doing on there as well. Now, this one I don't mind saying. If you think you are louder <laughs> than the human atom bomb audio explosion, that is Nick McElwain. <laughs> If you think if you think you can yell louder than that, then you can sign up for the louder than Nick contest that we're going to do. And uh, we're still working on how we're going to do all of these contests, but uh you can sign up and we need some really noisy people. If you literally think you can scream louder than Nick, we want you to be a part of this. To be covered, I bought uh, two additional sound meters, like handheld units as well, so okay. we can so we make sure that we're going to get the exact volume and register it scientifically to determine if there's a human that can top Nick. We'll do our best, and we need to sign up. You can do that at PrestonandSteve.com. And then we have a a race, a type of race that's going to take place. And you and friends, we need like a group of people. I think it's three people all together. I believe, or maybe right? maybe four. So, well, one of us is going to be. Anyway, right. yeah. you can go to PrestonandSteve.com, and you can get signed up for that. So if you and your crew who are going to be there want to be a part of these games, uh, let us know. We'll see if we can make that happen. We can't take everybody on no. board, but we'll take who we can. Okay? Well, listen, a little bit of prep ahead of this because we're, we're back after a couple years off, and we're also trying a whole bunch of new stuff, which can only end a disaster. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just prepping on that yeah. part happening. Well, once you make peace with that, it's okay. Uh, by the way, I got a text that says, hey, can I get a shout out? Today is me and my boyfriend's anniversary. His name is Bobby. He loves listening to you guys every morning. He's hopefully listening while at work, and I just want to say happy anniversary, babe, and thanks for being my person. And also, you guys rock. I don't know who that's from, but Bobby, maybe you do. Bobby. Uh, and then there's another quick shout out. I got this said, hey, I want to request a shout out for uh, my friend and Preston and Steve's sorority sister, Keely. Or is it Kelly? It's K-E-L-L-E-E. Maybe it's Ke- Kelly. Uh, she and her husband, Dave, just welcomed their son named uh. Bennett into the world on May 11th. And he will be sharing a birthday with his older sister, Charlotte who was born the same date in 2014. Well, that makes it easy for the parent. Well, maybe it makes it hard, actually. Uh, Kelly has been one of my best friends since high school, and I'm very happy for her and the entire family. She is truly one of the greatest mothers I've ever met. Thank you. And that is, Oh, it's from intern Ben. Oh, hey. All right, so there you go. As you can imagine, he sent that over to her. Uh, <laughs> hey, one of the things we failed to mention in our recap of the MMRBQ was the absence of one of the staff members of WMMR, and it's only the one person who is most excited to be there out of yeah. everyone. Like, like completely. she lives for this whole thing. Yeah. And it was Sarah Parker. Sarah couldn't make it to the event. It's like the queen getting the squirts on her golden jubilee. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like just like that. I mean, the, the the amount of and work and time and all the stuff that's put into it. And impressed, and it wasn't like it was found out a few. It was found out hours before. Yeah, like that day. Yeah, and Sarah's doing a lot of stuff too. She's the the music director. Yeah, WMMR. So she got a lot of work to do on a day like that. So, and, and the difference is also so if you get like you know it was go. So if you have that and that gets backstage, whereas okay, you get it and you'd miss a few days. Maybe if you work at a you know H and R Block or whatever. 
if you're doing what she would be required to do and a band got it, you could kill a tour. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how Jackson found out that she had COVID? No. Okay. So Jackson's son had COVID uh, like a couple of weeks ago. And so Jackson took a picture of the positive COVID testing. He's like, I'm hanging on to this. And he sent Sarah the picture on Saturday morning saying, dude, this sucks. I can't make it. And then she got back to him and she goes, oh, my God, me too. And he was like, oh, no. (laughs) He's like, I'm just kidding. He's like, this, yeah. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I, I was like uh, devastated. Now they they did a FaceTime. I think did Sydney do the yeah. uh, okay. FaceTime so Sarah could see the audience and do a little exchange. But that just blows yeah. when you yeah. are. And it's not like again, if you found out in advance, you gotta make peace with it. But you're everything is there. You're in the mood. You're you're jazzed. You're ready to go. She's our music director. Boom. You know, she, she has been in contact with these bands and the management and the record label and and you know has yeah. been you know dotting. All the I's and crossing all these T's for for months and months leading up to this. Not to mention that she's a huge fan as well. Oh, Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the biggest. Mm -hmm. Um, So that led us to maybe the conversation uh, of uh, my big moment was about to happen. And boom, like that day, Mm. you find out you can't do it. You can't go. Or or the one that everybody's depending on you to be a part of Uh or to be in charge of, and you can't do it. Casey, and you can feel free to call and share your stories if you like, 215-263-WMMR. Not just something you were looking forward to, something important, something really big. And uh, Casey had said that this happened last year uh, with Marcus. Yeah, so Marcus does the ACS bikeathon, and uh, and I'm acutely aware of what goes into that because I do the tour to shore, I do the bend to the shore, all, and so, all year long. And so it, it is, you know, it, it's a you attack it on so many different fronts. One, it is a fundraiser, right. and you spend months and months, you know, fundraising, right? But you also, it, it is a it's a physical thing that you have to do. So for months and months, you lead up and you train to to do this this uh, ride. He got a stomach bug. So the, his ride's on a Sunday. He got a stomach bug that hit him hard on Friday night. Jeez. And so you talk about somebody who, so, you know, he's, in, you know, he has a team of hundreds of people yeah. and, and he couldn't do it. And, and I just, my heart went out to him because I found this out, I guess maybe on, on Saturday before that he wasn't right. able to do it. I was like, oh. Is this a, I mean, that's it's it. A, it's a year-long endeavor for him. Yeah. What so, do you do? Much smaller version of that, but two weeks ago, I got COVID, and I yeah. had an event on Sunday. It was a charity event. Oh, and yeah. I, it's, uh, Casey, I had been planning for a year for it, but I'd been putting a decent amount of work into it for a couple of weeks, uh, or, you know, a couple of months, and uh, and then I got COVID, and, uh, you know, you have to ask can it, and it's just like... It's a it's a weird dynamic because you you don't want to get anybody else sick. You know, Sarah did the right thing, but you 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 know you're missing out on something Mother that effort. you really want to be a part of that's bigger than you. Well, oh. think think about what I think about in terms. And a friend of mine actually had um, her wedding. Uh, I remember it got deathly ill, oh, wow. and they had to postpone oh, no. the freaking wedding. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what do you do? The union last year in the championship match. I mean, it was oh, that's the right. championship, and how many guys like ended six up? Six or seven guys. Yeah, had to, yeah I mean, oh. that sucks. I uh, last year the camp out for hunger. I I should have left. Yeah, <laughs> I should have left. Uh-huh. But but I was looking around. and I'm like, man, they set up all this crap right. down here. There's all these people working down here, and you weren't. You didn't test positive for COVID. You just no, had, you just had just your guts stirred up, insanely <laughs> sick, and I was just. Thick, thick. I should let Cowper take over. Yeah. I feel so thick. He could have. He could have been. Okay. 
Like, I fell on for you. I'm not sick. <laughs> but I was like, oh, my God. Didn't you and take a nap on the riser at one point? I did. Yeah. I laid down in between segments and laid on the floor. Oh. Man, I was, oh, it was horrible. It feels good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Galper. Dr. Galper. <laughs> I got Take two excedrins and call me in the morning. If he was a dentist, he'd be a DDS. Yes. <laughs> Suck on this. Surgeon. You want to rinse? Uh, let me go to uh, let me go to Julie. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, Julie? So May seventh that week, my older son starts to feel a little bit yucky. I'm like, oh man, you know, my brother's wedding's that Saturday. We're all like prepping for it. I go in all the tux rentals. They get everything. That morning on Friday, I test positive for COVID. Oh, no. You missed his whole wedding. Oh. I missed the wedding. I went to all the other crap, the bridal shower. Yeah. You You did all the grunt work and didn't get the payoff. Oh, man. Exactly. I missed the biggest thing. So, yeah. And I had the ugliest bridesmaid dress ever. And now it's just crap. In my closet. Yeah, you never got to do anything Paid with it at all. It. Oh, that sucks. All right, <laughs> no, thanks, Julie. It's not no, quite the same, but no. years ago when you guys got the invite, Preston, we were all invited to Bam's um, wedding. Yeah, and I, I, ha- I got my my bowels opened up yeah. in in legendary ways. I did not attend. You got to see Iggy Pop. Yeah. And in, in, in as a wedding band, band performer, yeah. and I, I missed it. Uh, listen to this one. I like this one. It says, I crap my pants at my confirmation ceremony at my church. Oh, God, oh, man. Oh, you poor thing. I heard them calling my name to come <laughs> forth while in the bathroom. I stayed in there for the whole ceremony and missed it. I was so embarrassed, and I had worked all year on it. That's yeah. exactly what we're talking about. So they, they had put in all that work oh, to get ready God. for it. And then, boom. Your magical day. Yeah. Or missing graduation. Yeah, I was thinking about that now because that's that's happening now. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that are listening that that had missed their graduation. And that's something that you have been working on for years and years and years. Yeah. Yeah. That's supposedly your big day. My friend Randy uh, missed his graduation on purpose. uh, And there's a long, complicated story behind it. But uh, Underwater hot dogs? uh, No, Uh, no. He passed out in an area where he he didn't realize where he was (laughs) and couldn't get out of the area. He he saw a door and he went crawling for it. And he was like, no, I can't go out that door. That's going to take me out to the roof. It was just the door back into the, the hallway. Anyway. Uh, he's that sounds very. It was, there, there's a whole backstory yeah. to it. Yeah, right. It is bizarre, Steve. But the the bottom line is, he missed a graduation ceremony. His parents are there, and they they call his oh. full name. His parents are waiting for him to Wait. go up. He's not oh, there, and, he, oh and they, they go his full name oh, no. in absentia. And he missed it, and it was it sucked. And Julie Jerkoff. Yes, exactly. uh, uh, wow. Yeah. So they have no idea. No idea. So what 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 was their first assumption that? Oh, everybody was. Uh, <laughs> A little terrified. His parents were terrified. Sure. Like they didn't like something must have happened yeah. to him. Turns out he was just passed out in the attic. Yeah. Uh, Julie Jerkoff. <laughs> Forgive me, Kirkoff. Forgive you know me. Um, there was so our senior prom. There was a, and I never got the story as to there was a girl waiting for her prom date to pick her up, and uh, he never came. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and still here we are. Uh, however many years later, we never found out what. Happened, but it was like scary. Like the dude, we just was just went missing. So did he go to the same school? Yeah, 
and nobody did. They, did you she see him was afterwards? An, she was an underclassman. Yeah. He was. Has he, anyone seen Jeff Epstein? <laughs> uh, did so so. But afterwards, nobody asked him. It was like, hey, did you hear, you know, so-and-so never showed up to pick the other so-and-so? Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. Um, And I never, ever, ever got the story as to what happened Could have been something serious. That's what we just sort of figured. It was almost like a gross point blank where the dude just, you know, ended up, uh, you know, joining the army and becoming a mercenary. It was something along those lines. (laughs) Do you want to find out if anybody knows the answer? Who was it? Uh, I don't want to say names. Oh, okay. Just, I, I, th- I, thought meant, I thought you meant putting it on. I, I, I meant putting it on the radio. Oh no, 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 no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna investigate with some of my okay. friends. You and okay. Keith Morris in a dateline. <laughs> Here's a text says, "I was 15 years old. I had a call up from the under 16 women's national Olympic team. They didn't say what sport here. Oh no! And the night before, I was outside with my friends, and I tripped off the curb, <gasps> broke my ankle, oh. and never fully recovered. Oh my god, that's awful. <gasps> that's terrible. <laughs> how? Whoa. How do you get past that? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, let me see here. We will go to some calls. I will go to Jared. Hi, Jared. Good morning. Good morning. What's up, guys? Yo, bud. So we were talking about the fact that uh, Sarah missed the MM barbecue, and she found out she was positive that morning or that day, and it was the last second. What about you? What kind of story do you have? So I, um, I do theater, and I work with a theater company called Forgotten Lore Theater, and they're a professional company, and we had been working for endless amounts of time on a production that we were putting up in the Philadelphia Fringe Festival. It was a Shakespeare piece. I was playing a character called Puck. Um, it was kind of like my first big, big character I was ever given a chance to play. Uh, we're doing our final dress rehearsal the night the night before we open, uh, and we're performing outside at uh, an Arboretum out by Widener University. Um, we're doing a scene. I turn to run off from my scene, and there's a big old massive tree branch hanging low. <laughs> oh, no. Myself out. Oh, oh, my God. You knocked yourself that. out? Knocked myself out during our final rehearsal before we were supposed to oh, oh my God. the next day. So what they would so there's there's no way you could pull it together or you were you There was there was nothing I could do, but there was this one cast member of ours named Emma who is just a whole different beast of a performer. Yeah. She had been kind of in the background in a lot of our scenes and uh, that I was in. So she was able to kind of just pull from being in scenes and uh, take my spot and put on a help. Wow. Did, did you have a concussion from that, Jared? Yeah, I was down and out for a long time. Yeah, I had a really nasty concussion. Jared. And it lingered for a long time. So, Any chance yeah. that, that Emma planted that tree there so that you... <laughs> she was, exactly, five years before exactly. she, she came and planted a tree. God, damn it happened. The long con. Wow. Oh, oh, you got to play the long con. Man. I have a friend who was... He was planning this trip for a, a, a long time to go on a hike with his brothers. And... He, uh, I mean, he spent the money to fly out to Colorado, uh, and he was like just at the at the trailhead, yeah. and he stepped on oh, a rock. No way! <laughs> yeah, oh, that, <laughs> right. that sounds like a fun start oh to a trip. Could have stayed local and yeah. danced to Madonna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I will go next to Scott. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks, buddy. What's up, bud? So last uh, September. I planned a team-building weekend for 
the people I work with. I'm a dog groomer, so not to be sexist, but they're all women. <laughs> okay. okay. Eight of them. Uh, we're going to go camping, and we're going to rough it, and we're going to we're, – you can't drive in. It's a hike in. It's about a mile and a half to camp. Are you guys okay? We're okay. Let's do it. Everybody gets all prepared. We spend like three months preparing for this thing. Everybody meets. I go out to East Pennsylvania to drop my kids off at my in-laws, drive back to camp, make it, meet my best friend. We're there. We're pitching a tent. We're having, okay, we're going to cook dinner. We're going to do this. I get a text. He's throwing up. He's sick. You have to go get him. Your son? Yeah. I get this text from my oh. wife. Why didn't your wife go get him? Yeah. Well, she did. I said, oh. you're going to have to go get him. But my wife doesn't really deal well with emergencies and sick situations. Okay. So I knew it. Like, And everybody knows me there. I've been working there for 30 years. They're all like, yeah, you got to go. That's not going to work. You oh, go. man. I'll tell you what. Did you get a text message or a phone call? Yeah, Man. that would have been like, oh, my God, I didn't have any service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we're out in the middle of nowhere, honey. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you this weekend. That's just By the way, I'm leaving you. They all said that, too. Like, why don't you just ignore it? I'm like, no, man, because this weekend's going to end, and I'm going to have to walk back into that situation, and I'm going to feel so unbelievably guilty. I was like, I talked to you guys for months. I prepared you. You have your food. You like I, they were all eaten by pumas. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Wow. I'm telling you, probably 90 percent of the people listening right now are thinking you should have just acted like you didn't uh, get it. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Even if your kid's sick, it's like, come on, man. Yeah, I got the groomers in the woods. Yeah, you had planned this yeah. for months. Yeah. and one sick kid, you know, she could have handled that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, thank you, Scott. Appreciate it, bud. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, let me go to, uh, Matt. Hi, Matt, you are on the air. Good morning. Hey, jabronis, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Cool word, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, this is a collapsed lung guy as well. Ah, okay. nice. I think I remember so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was in I the remember airport. the collapsed lung guy. Yeah. <laughs> we got a guy. <laughs> no, go ahead. So, I was in the Air Force for a grand total of two months. I injured my back, um, in the second week of training. And I was literally a day away from getting my dress blues, and I missed out on that. That that whole ceremony? Uh, no, not not even the ceremony. It was, it was, I was just I got fitted for my dress blues. Oh, all right. And then, and then the day after that, I injured my back. And then I was put in med hold for a little while. Yeah. And then I was medically discharged. Oh man, dude, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my life. Yeah, but then you found some animal groomers in the woods who befriended you <laughs> and made you their king. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Here's a text that says, at a championship level, end of season, swim meet in North Carolina, uh, watching women's 200 fly, and halfway through the race, a girl got out of the pool crying and running to the bathroom screaming, I can't hold it. <laughs> oh, no. That's in the oh, middle of the event. Oh, my God. That it hit you. She was probably trying her best. I had to cry before that to not let it get in the way of her. It was like on an elite level. Well, you have to imagine that that it was a phase yeah. six. Yeah, that, that she was going to go yeah. in the pool, which yeah. would have been a disaster. All right. Speaking of that, let me go to uh, Yvette. Hi, Yvette. Good morning. Good morning. 
morning. How are you? Good. What's up, Yvette? So I've been a fluffy girl my whole life. At 50, before 50, I go train, diet, two years, 100 pounds, running my first 5K the week after my 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. The weekend before is my birthday. We're at an event where Pretty Poison is playing with you guys. I know Pretty Poison, sure, yeah. Um, there, my friends from high school and my cousin, and uh, Pretty Poison goes on the stage. I jump up and down in the high heels, and my whole leg popped out of my hip. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> your leg popped out of your hip? Yeah. Jesus. And what were you, you going to be doing the next day? The next week, I was running my first 5K after training. For two and years. And weight for almost two years. Uh, I was hard training for a year. All right. How bad was the recovery? Did they have to do any kind of replacement or anything? Uh, no. They said that um, it would have been better if I broke it. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Well, you should have done that. It would have been easier. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I've never been able to get back to that level. Oh. Oh, that sucks, Yvette. Did Pretty Poison send you a tape to get well with? <laughs> hey, we're Pretty Poison. We hope you knew. were doing well. I don't even think they knew. They She just Bastards. got on stage when it happened. Yeah. Damn. Uh, oh, All right. Well, that's, that sucks. Got, Did you at least get to hear Catch Me, I'm Falling? Excuse me? Did you at least get to hear Catch Me, I'm Falling while you are at that? No. Nothing. That's all. All right. Sorry, Yvette. Thanks for the story, though. Oh, my God. Oh, that stinks. Very bad. You're hip, Yvette. This is pretty poison. Oh, man. Poor gal. Uh, let's see. We'll go to Damon. Hi, Damon. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yes. Uh, during, like, the whole COVID alpha stage, um, I actually caught it at the end of the, or the beginning of December uh, back in 2020. And I, I work for FedEx where we make a lot of our, like, bonus money um, during that time of year because of Christmas. Right. So uh, I started feeling sick for the first couple of days, and I had to convince my job that, look, I'm, I'm like, dry heaving pretty much snot. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. As long as I don't see it, you can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it got to that point, and um, I ended up missing out on, like, I, I, like, I had to go to the hospital. I thought I was going to end up dying. Like, I was already <sighs> making my peace because nobody knew how this thing was operating. Yeah, it was looking real grim at the beginning, yes. Yeah, so, like, um, on the the, uh, the bad side of things, I lost, like, thousands of dollars of bonus money because I could not work any of those days. Oh. I was this every year, so it was, like, a huge, like, a... Uh, hit to my wallet um positive side was i actually made it home like days before christmas so which i thought i was going to be in the hospital for uh, christmas because uh turns out uh, i developed pneumonia through uh covid mm. oh man all right well you yeah. recovered though but that's uh that's cool but yeah that's uh especially when you were counting on that bonus time and christmas starts. morning he got a pretty poison yeah. tour t-shirt <laughs> thanks damon that's the gift everybody wants uh all right we're gonna take a break here in just a second but yeah. i'm gonna go to gavin first hi gavin good morning morning sorry to bother you guys at work now nah, i want to hear your story what's up dude so my brother is um he's like 610 uh he was you know senior year of high school um it's a little off topic but senior year of high school um everybody was d1 colleges were in the stands you know they're they're waiting for him to come out and play first game of the year what does he uh, play what sport does he play basketball okay so first first play of the game he goes out and he dunks the ball two hands he's hanging on the rim as he dunks it and one of the other guys runs under and takes his feet out. 
and uh, he f- ends up kind of like going back and falling and snaps his wrist right in half. Had oh. pins, pins sticking out of his wrist. Oh, my God. Oh. We had, we had D1 you know, colleges in the stands looking to see what he was going to do this year. And, oh. it, it killed it all. Yeah, and he, he was gone. He ended up getting an academic scholarship. He, he, he should have joined guy. the equestrian team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At 6'10". Oh, that sucks. All right. Thanks, Kevin. But that was his moment. The scouts were there. They're ready to watch you. And Here's boom. it. Make or break. That's um, when it happens. Yeah. My, one of my brothers was, uh, he was a really good football player. I mean, was, you know, slated to go to college, play in co- play college ball. And, uh, yeah, he, I think he, it was his, something in his knee, one of the. CLs, uh, <laughs> and that was it for you know his entire senior year. He never played football mm. again. That sucks, man. All right, well, listen. Thanks for sharing your stories. Maybe it'll make uh, Sarah Parker feel a little bit better. But she, her mis- your the, your misery has made her feel better. So be, have comfort in that, uh-huh. knowing that that uh, has happened. But yeah, she had to miss the MMR with you. Can't yeah. believe it. Like V one, we were all had the same reaction. Like really, yeah. the one person right who is more excited to be there than anybody else, uh, as far as our staff goes, and she had to miss it. So hopefully, she is on the men and feeling better already. We'll find out. We're going to take a break, though. We're going to come back in a moment. We do have a pretty compelling guest to talk to a guy by the name of Jen Davidson. Uh, he's got a book called The Next Everest. Was on Everest. Was climbing Everest when it was hit by a seven point eight magnitude earthquake. Uh, avalanches all around him and everything. Two avalanches. What a story of survival. We'll talk to him when we return. Stay with us. Hey, we only get to do this once a year, people. So come do it right. It's MMR's official opening of the Jersey Shore. Friday, May 27th. Starting with the Preston and Steve Show. Live from Keenan's North Hillwood. Presented by Coors Light. Then, dig your toes in the sand with Pierre Robert, live from Margaritaville at Resorts Casino in Atlantic City, and Jackson rocks your happy hour at the Star Beach Bar at the Icona Diamond Beach. Come get an early start on the holiday weekend with 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your summer. Our next guest has a book uh, that is available now, and it is called The Next Everest. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, wherever you can find books, obviously. Um, it was in 2015, April 2015. He was climbing Mount Everest, and a 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit. As you can imagine, that might cause a problem or two uh, if you're anywhere, much less on the tallest peak in the world. Yeah. Uh, and his story of survival is amazing. We'd like to welcome Mr. Jim Davidson to our yeah. show this morning. Jim, good morning, sir. Good morning. Great to be with you guys. Wonderful to have you on. That is, okay, that's a lot to lead with, uh, you know, the earthquake and, and all this. So let's start with a little bit of background. Uh, how long have you been uh, mountaineering and tackling some of these uh, big peaks across the world? I've been a climber for about 40 years. I started on small peaks in New England and then moved to the Rocky Mountains. And for the last 16 years, been doing really high peaks in, uh, around the world, including uh, Nepal, of course. You know, it's interesting because um, you, you, your life sort of is the epitome of the uh, because it's there philosophy. Mm-hmm. It seems to me to be that because you've had tragedy associated with climbs. You had a tragedy that occurred on Mount Rainier, correct? Uh, a, fr- a friend of yours, I believe, lost his life. Correct. My friend Mike and I were climbing Mount Rainier back in 1992, and a snow bridge, or an ice bridge sometimes called, collapsed and dropped us 80 feet inside a, a crack in the ice, inside a glacial crevasse. 
Very sadly, my partner Mike died, and I had to climb up that wall alone. Oh so I know certainly the dangers of it, and I, I hesitated to climb a little bit to go back to it. But it is part of who I am, so I decided to return to it and keep going. Listen, Jim, I, we we do a feature on the on the show called the Bizarre File, and sometimes you know uh, 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 crazy stories, and some of them are, are just so out, uh, over the top, outrageous. I, I include them, and there was a story this morning of, of a hiker who died in Alaska, and an ice bridge uh, uh, collapsed, and they fell into a crevasse, and that happens. How often uh, do things like this happen in in your? Uh, uh, I don't I don't want to call it a sport or your activity. Your, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 strange things do happen in the mountains. You know, 99% of the time we go climbing. The weather's beautiful. We take a cool selfie on the summit and we're, we're home for dinner or we're home on time. And those stories don't usually get carried very much because, frankly, they're smooth running, so not as interesting. But dramatic things do happen in the mountain. I've been a climber for 40 years, so I've been in tough situations like we just described with the crevasse ball. I've also rescued other people who have been in difficult situations. So uh, they don't happen all the time. Some people think we're crazy risk takers. We're actually risk managers. What it is is we want to be in the mountains to get those great rewards, and we're willing to take that risk, but we're always trying to reduce and manage the risk. But in spite of that, bizarre things do happen. Well, it's it's fascinating because um, I, I often joke, and this is a quasi-joke, I want to go see Everest. I want to see Everest in the distance and I never want to climb it. I'm perpetually fascinated by the stories surrounding Everest and the other peaks uh, because it's just, to me, it's it's uh, so many people who challenge themselves the way you have. Uh, but you, your life, you talk about risk management. When you were younger, were you not uh, um, helping your dad paint high tension towers? Yes. Uh, my dad had an industrial painting company so I started climbing ladders when I was like eight or nine years old. By 12 years old, I was working on roofs. And as you described correctly, when I was 18, 19 years old, my dad got jobs painting high-voltage electrical towers. There was 250,000 volts running through the lines. And these towers were 180, 230 feet tall. And uh, we were just free climbing around. We didn't even use safety ropes because the safety ropes might get snagged in the electrical lines with Zappa. So... I learned to work with a small team in a dangerous situation, and you develop situational awareness of the dangers around you, and you learn to work as a team, to watch out for your partners, and they watch out for you. And that's the most critical learning that I took with me to the big mountains. Right. Jim, what is, uh, when, when it comes to an avalanche, what, what is it that, uh, that someone in mountaineering needs to be prepared for when that is a concern? Beforehand, we try to manage that risk, once again, by staying out of avalanche terrain. And there's some rules on that. Don't go right after the snowstorm. Uh, don't be on slopes between 30 degrees and 60 degrees. And if you do those, that removes most of the avalanche risk. We also uh, wear electronic beacons on our bodies. So we all transmit out a signal. And if one of us gets buried, the rest of us will turn ours to receive. And we can track that person down under the snow and dig them out as fast as we can. So we carry equipment. We try and minimize the risk. But we can't quite get it to zero because mm -hmm. it's nature and it's human behaviors. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's fascinating because the uh, the concept, and as I was reading the book, uh, you, you talk about that it's, you know, it's common to hear avalanches, you know, around, at least in, in the surrounding mountains. And, 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 and that blew my mind. Like, if I heard if I heard one, if someone had a recording of one and I was on the mountain, I'd, I'd, I'd leave immediately. <laughs> the fact that you can sort of because you've done it so much say, OK, well, that's that's that that's in the distance. And then you make the delineation between what you heard on April 25th 
that made you immediately tell everyone to start activating their 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 beacons and all that stuff. What did you hear as a practiced mountain climber that sent you into okay, we're at another level? Yeah, April twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen. We're at Camp One, which is at nineteen thousand eight hundred feet on Mount Everest, camped on a big glacier. And you're right, we hear avalanches every day, and they're usually far away and not very loud. But this day, it started one right nearby, and it was very loud. My tent mate Bart and I saw it up and listened to it. And Bart says, boy, that's kind of close. And I said, yeah. And then all of a sudden, a second one started on the other side of the valley. And I'm a geologist by training and by practice. And I thought, two avalanches at once on opposite slopes? That can't be. Yeah. And that's when I realized something was wrong. So I yelled to Bart, get out of the tent, because we want to be outside where we have a slight chance to swim on top, on top of that avalanching snow. But what it was was an earthquake, a 7.8 magnitude earthquake, biggest one to hit Nepal in 81 years. And the avalanches were only part of our problem at that point. I, I would think that human instinct would say in your brain, stay inside, even though it's just a tent, uh, <laughs> that like that's a quote unquote safe space. Uh, but that's wrong, I guess. Getting out is the is the best way to stay alive, Jim. Yeah, great point, Nick. I mean, we, we, frankly, we want, we're, it's our instinct to have protection and kind of cower in fear a little bit, too. But the, the what happens is the surface area of the tent will act like a sail or a sea anchor and drag us under the snow. Mm. If we're outside, we, we get away from that sea anchor and we have a chance to swim on top of it. Sounds crazy, but you can swim on top of some avalanches. So we ran outside, but you're right. What happened was... The avalanches coming at us were so big, they bulldozed the air out of the way, and we were getting pummeled with uh, pulverized ice dust coming from the avalanche. So then we couldn't even breathe outside, so we dove back into the tent. And uh, on my website, I've got some video. I had my GoPro camera running, and you can see my face, terrified, of course, and snow blowing around. Um, and as I described in my book, The Next Everest, this went on for about four minutes until the noise quieted down, the earth stopped shaking, and amazingly enough, we had survived. We were scared out of our minds. So, so Jim, I've heard it, and, and again, being fascinated with this stuff and about avalanches and all this uh, this uh, sort of thing that occurs in the mountains, and it's been described that avalanche, avalanched snow, I guess, would be a way to refer to it, is like concrete almost, that, that it becomes so compacted and that's why you always say well it's snow and people have this notion like well just work your way out of the snow just how how dense is the snow in an avalanche you've really done your homework i admire that yeah when it's flowing it's really weird at first it's snow and in this case the uh, in this case the earthquake triggered it then it's flowing like water because it's mixed with air and ground up particles and as it, it's moving the friction of the snow against each other and the snow against the ground creates a little bit of water and then when it stops flowing you're absolutely right it stops flowing it settles down due to density settling and then that water freezes and that's when it becomes <sighs> like cement or concrete and literally if i gave you a shovel and said your friends buried three feet under that snow dig them out and you dig as hard as you can it is it is like digging in the densest clay soil you've ever dug in you can make progress but it is so hard because it packs in and settles like that concrete wow so jim once the uh the avalanche hits and uh uh you guys assess the damage and by the way what was the damage and and were there any people that that lost their lives in your party uh what what happens after that after you uh get everybody together yeah, around us, nobody in my team was uh, killed or hurt. Amazing. None of the teams camped nearby at Camp One, about 100 people altogether. None of them were hurt and killed either. But when we called down to base camp, which is normally the safe spot, yeah. base camp had had a different avalanche. And their avalanche had rocks in it, oh. lots and lots of rocks. And those rocks fell down 3,000 vertical feet. 
had so much force that they splashed sideways and a wave of rock and wind went right through the middle of base camp like a tsunami of rocks. And those rocks were like cannon fire. And very sadly, it wounded 70 people and killed 18 people instantly, making it the deadliest day ever. On so Mount you're, Everest. you're dealing wow. with these these huge tents and, and that, that camp that you describe. Uh, and again, the, the notion is, OK, that uh, you're safe now when you reach that camp. You're good. Uh, and I was watching an interview with you and, and I, I guess a man who had been sort of your mentor when you started climbing. And uh, he was in that camp below you. And you you when you got down there and saw him uh, and I, you, it's, it's a very human reaction you had. You just stood there for for it seemed, you know, it's like minutes looking like, oh, my God. And, and that you were stunned that he had survived. Describe what that was like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, we were stuck up on the mountain for two days. We couldn't go back the way we came because the route had been absolutely wiped out by other avalanches. Um, so we got evacuated by helicopter about 48 hours after the quake. And my good buddy Alan had been up above me at Camp 2, and he eventually got evacuated. And you're right. I mean, I, I walked around base camp trying to find him. And base camp, after the avalanche went through, was almost unrecognizable. I, I knew he was just 100 yards away, but everything had been moved. The rocks, the, the, the landscape, the hills, the tents, everything had been destroyed. So it took me a while to find him. And when I saw him, I just stood there, and I just stared at him for like 40 seconds. And he slowly realized I was looking at him, and he looked up, and we just gave each other this big hug and got yeah. tears in our eyes because – We'd both been through this traumatic event. We're just so darn glad to see that the other person had made it through. Uh, Jim, I wouldn't consider myself uh, remotely a mountaineer, but I've done some hiking and some mountain climbing. I, I actually um, made it to the summit of Kilimanjaro one year, and, and I tried to ascend uh, Mount Rainier and, and didn't make it to the summit at Rainier. I had altitude sickness. and, and uh, But, it, you know, the summit of, of Kilimanjaro is at 19 plus, right? And uh, my brain right. pretty much stopped working at, at 17 or 18. I don't know what – I don't know how a human can function – at base camp of Everest, let alone make it to the summit. Can you describe a little bit about what your body went through, what, what your brain is, is thinking or not thinking when you reach elevations uh, of that magnitude? Well, yeah, congratulations on making Kilimanjaro. It is not easy. Kilimanjaro is not a steep climb, but it's at 19,000 feet, like you say. So there's less than half the oxygen on top of Kilimanjaro than there is at sea level. And take it even further, on top of Everest, there's 70% less oxygen than there is at sea level. And so what happens up there is your body can't do almost anything. It doesn't want to eat because it can't digest the food. You can't think. Your blood gets thick with red blood cells, so it moves like sludge through your veins, so your feet and your hands get cold. And so what we do to try and prevent all that is we get acclimatized or acclimated to the thin air. So nobody on the planet is strong enough to race to Everest and climb the mountain right away. We go to the mountain for weeks before we even try because our bodies will grow more red blood cell so it can carry more oxygen. But it is just so difficult. And as a measure of that, before I went to the mountain, I got in really good shape. I lost about 15 pounds. But on the mountain in about seven weeks' time, I lost another 23 pounds. Wow. And you'd think that sounds like a good weight loss program. But I got home, and it turns out I lost three pounds of fat and 20 pounds of muscle. Oh, wow. So it took yeah. probably 20 years to run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I looked like I was a freshman in high school again, stripped down, uh, just, you know, absolutely emaciated because it is just so difficult on your body up there. And like you said, Nick, it's hard to think, too. You know what blows my mind again? And, and everyone who describes it, again, I've watched a ton of documentaries about this and, and I will never step foot. <laughs> but I but I am fascinated by it about that, that you are you're accelerating the rate at which you're dying, basically, as you're starting to, to do this, because we're all dying for all intents and purposes purposes uh, uh, you know at while we're living 
but the the right. the, the fact that um, you know when when you're when you're up there. And all of these things that you have, I don't care how much you get acclimatized, as you, as you say, when you're up there and, and you have people and, and a number of people reported having sort of um, delirium or you're, you're, so many situations that can go wrong. Besides right. this, besides this avalanche and the story of this, this, this book, which is very compelling, The Next Everest, was there another time where because of just the sheer physical demand on your body, you wondered whether you'd make it off? Absolutely. I went to Everest the first time during the quake, and I went back two years later in 2017, and I described that in the book, The Next Everest, as well. But uh, when we get up there, above 26,000 feet, we call it the death zone. That's its formal name. We don't call it the death zone for dramatic branding reasons or or because it's kind of cool sounding. No. And we don't even call it the death zone because somebody might die. We call it the death zone above 26,000 feet because in a couple of days, everybody will die, period. Literally everybody. You can, if, you're, if you're using bottled oxygen to help you out a little bit, you can last one or two or maybe three days. But as far as I know, nobody's ever lasted more than four days in the death zone and survived. Your body simply can't function. And a proof of that is I had a little, a little tiny cut on my finger, just a little paper cut, and it lasted for like five weeks and never healed. I used to have to close it with tape. But when I came back down from the summit of Everest, uh, by the time I got to Kathmandu two days later, it had healed up. Because there's oxygen down low. My body couldn't heal a tiny cut in like five weeks on my finger. Just everything shuts down, including your brain, really. As a a geologist, and um, obviously you had an acute understanding of what was happening during the earthquake. I think you you recount in the book that that, uh, it basically lifted up, everything around you lifted up by like eight or nine inches and then dropped back down. Um, So so all of that causes many other crevasses. And Preston was relaying that story about, you know... um, how dangerous they can be. And sometimes people don't understand that there are Everest's, there are dead bodies frozen and unreclaimable in that. And and how often have you seen it that someone has slipped into a crevasse and obviously you had your, your friend's situation. Um, you know, is there any real, really efficient methodology of trying to excise someone from a crevasse or is it, is it just a foregone conclusion that you're not getting that person back? Well, you know, you're absolutely right. As a geologist, I understand that ice is basically a frozen matrix. So when the earthquake was going on, I was worried about getting buried by the avalanches, obviously, but I was very worried about the ice beneath us because, you know, as I described in my previous book, The Ledge, when I fell in that crevasse, I know what it's like being down inside a glacier looking up, and I did not want to be there again. So, you know, I was worried about things falling on us. I was worried about the ground beneath us opening up. And, yeah, that entire glacier was three miles long, a mile wide, and the ice is a 1,000 feet thick. And the entire thing was lifting all of us, including our entire camp, up and down. So I was really glad when the ice did not crack beneath us. Uh, But you're right. If you wind up inside a crevasse, there are methods using ropes and what we call ice screws, which are like giant screws that we screw into the ice. We can extract people some of the time. So as I described in the ledge, we managed to get my partner's body out of that 80-foot deep crevasse on Mount Rainier back in 1992. But I heard the show earlier, and you talked about that Japanese climber that fell on a crevasse up in Alaska, and they can't retrieve his body because it got buried by other debris. So sometimes we can recover the dead, and sometimes we can't. And so, yeah, there are bodies still on Mount Everest. For just tuning in, it's Jim Davidson. Uh, his book is called The Next Everest. Jim, if somebody listening, uh, and I guess it would depend on their age as well, who has a bucket list of Everest, um, what do you recommend the steps they take to eventually get to a level where they could maybe tackle that? 
Great question. And and there are some people that are rushing to Everest now. I do not advise that at all. I advise you get a very broad pyramid of experience. Learn how to hike. Learn how to take care of your body with nutrition and food. Learn how to hike in the rain. Then go hiking in the snow. Then climb a small mountain. Build up a broad base of experience because you need, you need things to teach you about nature and about yourself. How do you respond when you run out of water? How are you going to respond when our group can't make the summit and somebody's cranky and, and maybe, you know, picking an argument with you? All of those are critical human skills and self-knowledge skills that you need to go up on the higher mountains. So I, I was a climber for 32 years before I went to Everest, and I was darn glad to have all that experience because, as it turns out, there was a quake there in 2015. So I knew about avalanches some. I knew about taking care of my body. I knew about helping the team out. Those are all hard-won skills. So I recommend people do not rush to Everest. Take years yes, even decades, to accumulate that experience so that you can be a good team member who can add to the team and also take care of yourself because all we've got up there is each other. And when things go wrong at altitude, they go wrong big and they go wrong fast and it takes everybody to try and save one person. So take your time, enjoy the process of building the skills and slowly you'll refine yourself in a better version of you. Jim, I was curious because um, we've seen recent articles and there have been movements to try to basically clean up Everest. There's a lot of debris and a lot of garbage and a lot of stuff that's that's building up. And a lot of the documentaries and books that I've read, you know, talk about the respect of the mountain and, and the respect of what it means and, and to not take it lightly. And it's not an amusement park thing. And, 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 right. and uh, how do you feel about all that and the efforts to kind of, you know, restore it to its at least a more pristine state, if that's even possible? Yeah, you framed it well. I think we have, need to have great respect for the mountain and the environment. Uh, in climbing and hiking and, and anybody who goes out in the outdoors, we talk about leave no trace, which means don't step on the plants, don't pick the flowers, and bring your trash back out. And that's the barest minimum we should be doing to take care of the natural environment we love. Um, you have seen photos of some ugly trash piles on Everest. They are real, but they are small. I get very frustrated that I see old pictures dragged up and people will use a dramatic statement like, you know, the entire mountain's covered with trash. Well, Philadelphia is a great city. I've been there, but I bet I can find an alley somewhere where the trash can tipped up down, yeah. upside down, you know, bottles rolling into the street. And if I take a picture of that alley and say, this is what all of Philadelphia is like, no, no, that's not fair. That's yeah. not representative. It's just one little ugly corner that, you know, we should probably clean up that alley. We should probably pick up that trash pile on, on Everest. So I talked about that in the book because I'm actually not only a geologist, I'm an environmental geologist. I did cleanups around the country and around the world for 20 years. So I compiled stats on all the teams that have gone to Everest have been about 36 teams that have gone to pick up trash. Hundreds of thousands of pounds have been brought down and human waste as well. We need to manage that. So there's still room for improvement, but please, the mountain is not covered in trash, but we do need to do a better and more respectful job of bringing the old trash down and taking care of the human waste so we can keep the mountain as clean as possible. Uh, Jim, two or three months ago, we had Nims Perja on and he was talking about, uh, you know, the 14 Peaks, nothing is impossible, the, the series that he had or the movie that he had documentary on, on Netflix, which is just fascinating. Um, and we talked to Nims a little bit about the overcrowding issues on, on Everest as well. It's just there are so many people that want to do it. It's not cheap. It, it's a lot of money to be able to go up there. I guess essentially there are two routes you can yep. go from the Nepali side or the, or the Chinese side. Um, have you talked at all or are there movements to restrict the number of people who go up the mountain every year? Because it's climbing season right now, right? Correct. Climbing season is just finishing up now. Normally, we'd be at about the peak, but this year, they had great weather, so the peak is behind us a little bit. We're down to the last uh, you know, 5 or 10% of climbers still making their way to the summit. Uh, overcrowding is a real issue. 
Uh, sadly, we've all been talking about it for 10 or 15 years. Um, but the Nepali government wants to bring as many people in as they can because the permits are expensive and foreigners like myself spend a lot of money and that helps a, a country like Nepal that needs the money. Um, so the, the tough part is if we all go to the beach on 4th of July, I think it's too crowded because you're there and you think it's too crowded because I'm there. <laughs> right. um, but we both want to be there at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. So now we got a problem. Yeah. You know, and so... Everybody goes at once. I think the solution, it's hard to say whether you're entitled to go to the beach or I'm entitled to go to the beach or the other hundred schmucks around us entitled <laughs> to go to the beach. One thing we can do on Mount Everest, though, is we can require a certain standards of prior climbing and say you can't have an Everest permit until you've climbed one other peak higher than 26,000 feet or you have to do four peaks higher than 20,000 feet. And what that will do is spread everybody out. That'll get everybody more experience before they get to Everest. That'll lessen the impact. People will be more educated and experienced when they get there. And that'll make it safer for everybody. So that allows the possibility to go. But let's try and make sure that people are only uh, that are well trained before they get there. Jim, uh, Nims did comment on that that famous photo of that giant line of people heading up to the uh, uh, the summit, and he did explain to us. He's like, "Look, that it was because the weather was horrible until that day, and that was the day for everybody to get up there and 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 make the summit." Uh, did you kind of eye roll a little bit when you saw that photo as well, or? Uh, was that kind of, did it seem uh, strange to you or, or is that a standard thing that you see up there or was that a bit of an anomaly? Uh, it, like you, my reaction was my jaw dropped and I went, what the heck? <laughs> and, but Nims is right on that one. That that was, a, that was a bad year, 2019. And normally we get about anywhere from like 8 to 12 summit days. That is days when the weather's good enough to even try for the top. And in 2019, when that picture was taken, uh, there were only three days. Wow. So that'd be like, imagine your favorite beach, and they announced that the, the beach is only going to be open all summer. It's only one weekend, <laughs> 4th of July weekend, yeah. three days. Yeah. And everybody went to the beach at the same time. That's what happened that year. Okay. It's not like that most of the time. Uh, as I described in my book, The Next Everest, I summited in 2017. We had pretty good weather, so I didn't see lines anything like that. I was at 29,000 feet. There were like five people in front of me, and I was on the summit with like about 10 others. So okay. most years it's not that bad, but it can happen uh, in a year when there's not many summit days, and we all go at once. So, Jim, uh, you are, I know you're in Colorado, I believe. Is that where you are currently? That's correct, yep. So in the, uh, in the continental United States, what do you believe is the best mountain, the best training mountain, the best just fun to climb mountain where you're going to get your the most bang for your hopefully well-educated and prepared buck <laughs> thanks yeah um i think the best mountain is whatever mountain near you speaks to you i mean i <laughs> i could make a case for 50 different mountains around the country um to try and pick one that's near you that pushes you a little bit because i believe that if you if you pick a challenge that's not very hard, like let's say you can walk two miles and you decide to push yourself and walk 2.5 miles, that's not going to push you very much. You're not going to learn much and you're not going to refine yourself into a better version of you. But if you walk two miles and you go, can I walk 10 miles? I don't know. That's, that scares me. And if a goal scares you, that's the right goal because it means you have to do more and you have to become more. So if you've never hiked the mountain, the 3,000-foot mountain near your house near your house may scare you. I live in Colorado and there's 14,000-foot mountains all around me. So I'm, you know, I'm prejudiced. I like my local 14,000-foot mountain, Long's <laughs> Peak. 
That, that's my favorite one. But, you know, if you're in North Carolina or Philadelphia or New England, you know, pick that local mountain nearby that makes you a little nervous and tr then try and grow into the person that can try and reach that summit. That's where the magic lies in mountaineering and challenging yourself. Excellent. Great advice. All right, Jim, amazing story. And uh, we appreciate you sharing it this morning. Uh, the next Everest is available, like I said, on Amazon. You can grab it pretty much anywhere. It's uh, authored by Jim Davidson. Thanks for the stories. We appreciate it so much. And we'll talk to you another time. You bet. It's great talking to y'all. Have a Excellent. great day. Jim Davidson, guys. Yeah. Amazing, dude. Uh, the stuff that they that they do. Come on. It's absolutely incredible living a totally different, crazy lifestyle like that. But. Imagine you're a mountain climber and mm -hmm. you're on, and, and you hear in the distance an avalanche. Yeah. How fast are you running down that mountain? <laughs> I don't care. To get to the level where you can be, oh, it's, it's only, we hear those all the time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nick, you didn't. You've never heard one, have you? An avalanche? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. I mean, you'll hear. You know, when I did Rainier, you hear like ice cracks off in the distance, and so that's just like um, that happens all the time. And it it sounds, it's really loud. It's just like this echoing reverb, and it's uh, it, it's basically like the crevasses growing, right? So something will um, spread open a little bit, and then it'll spread open a little bit more. And when it does that, it, it reverberates around the entire mountain. Mm. But as far as avalanches go, I don't. It's like, uh, it's yeah, like no never, sounds. Yeah. It, it, it'll, and that's what people have described. I was when we went to Alaska years ago. There had been a. We were um, taking a river or a fjord cruise uh, at uh, just after an avalanche had occurred down into the water crust, and, and the entire side of the mountain. It was sheared down tree. There was a path, trees, everything gone yeah. right down into the water. It's pretty wild. Man, nuts. All right, well, listen, do we have a couple minutes or do we need to break? Yeah, a couple. Just a couple. Just a couple? All right, I want to share something with you. It has nothing to do with mountain climbing or Everest <laughs> at all whatsoever. Uh, have oh. you guys ever heard of uh, the, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, the Hanger Reflex. The Hanger Reflex. No. Is okay. that a Duran Duran song? It is not. It should have been, <laughs> okay. but it is not. And it's, it's a TikTok thing. All right. Uh, but I tried it myself. And sure enough, it works. All right. Okay. okay. Or at least it did on me. <laughs> so what you do, and I brought this in, you take a standard plastic hanger. Okay. It's got to be a plastic hanger. Uh, yeah. I okay. believe so. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I can't answer that definitively. Okay. I think wire, too. Wire, too. Are oh, you familiar you know with this? It. No, I'm just lo I'm re looking at it now. Okay. So what you do is you put this on your head. I would have right. to take my, okay. my headphones off and stretch it out a little bit to where right. it can fit over my head. Nick, I don't know if this will work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this works. Well, how about the airplane hanger challenge? <laughs> and so what you do is you put this on your head. Yeah. And there's a reflex that takes place, I kid you not, oh. where your head slowly starts to turn. And you're you're not doing it at all. What? Um, and you just have to kind of relax and let it happen. And I, at first, I, I'm like, this is stupid. And I put it on, I'm like, son of a bitch, my head's moving. Are you going to do it? What is, that, what is that predicated on? Is it predicated on the fact that the hook of the... Of the um, uh, hanger is just off to your peripheral vision and making you look you know that what? way? I don't know. So the so-called hanger reflex, I have this. It was first reported in 1991, and in a 2015 study, researchers studied 120 people within the ages of 1965 and observed head rotation in 95.8% of the subjects. Huh. The effect is consistent in males and females, and it's directional. I'll explain that in a moment. Researchers created a specialized machine that presses on the uh, frontotemporal region and recreates the hanger effects involuntary motion, and they don't really know 
why. It says it's not quite clear the proximate cause it's, is turning heads. What's the psychological mechanism that recognizes the hanger-induced pres- pressure change and produces a head turn? There's also a little clarity on whether or not the hanger reflex confers a fitness advantage or serves a real purpose at all, mm. but they just know that it does happen. Does it? Um, does your head rotate uh, to the side that the hook is on? I'm not going to say anything. Okay. But, all right. but hang all right. on. So I'll put it on it? and all I'll right. do this real quick, but... You're gonna think I'm faking, okay. but you put it on, and sure enough, <laughs> my head just starts turning. I like I'm not even meaning to do it. Seriously? And it still wants no, to go that all right, way. All right, all right. The other way. Do you want to try, case? Uh, hang on. I do. Yeah, it just works. Good. All right. Swear to God. I swear to God. Try it out. Don't let me know. I. This is. Th- there's no way. This okay. Right. Now just relax. Okay. Relax. Hang on. I haven't all put right. it on yet. Okay. All right. No. I. Are you resisting? I, 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 Don't resist. See, that's the thing is, I didn't want to resist. I'm like, this is the hanger. Right? It's tur- it's going. Yeah, I'm resisting. <laughs> is this real? You are <laughs> resisting, weren't you? Yeah, <laughs> right. I am resisting. Right. You gonna try it the other way? Okay. Right. It's going the wrong that's way. The, the wrong way. That's weird. Yeah. With, keep your eyes open. I'm resisting. I'm resisting. Yeah. Okay. See, you got it. You have to just let it. Oh. I can feel it though. You just have to. Let it go. I don't know. I'm going to go last in case I break the hanger. Yeah, you might. You very well might break the hanger. That's a good idea. So Steve is mark on my head. Steve's putting his on, and uh, now nah, I figured you wouldn't turn. <laughs> I'm feeling though. Yeah, yeah you feel and it? I don't know if it's psychosomatic, but I'm. I'm That's orgasm. why I almost didn't want to tell you guys. I almost just want to say, here, put a hanger on your head. I'm orgasming. and then watch it. So <laughs> well, it's kind of like being hypnotized. Let like me try you have the other way. Let yourself. Yes, you just got to. You got to let yourself. All right. Let it happen. Am I holding it for the right spot? Yeah, right there. I feel it more there. There you go. Yep, you turned. Did you feel it? I did. Yes. Yep. And I don't know what it is, but it's it's very light. So but if you like, if you right. just you know what it reminds me of? Did, did you did you ever used to do this in the doorway where you would uh, you would put your arms out yes. in the doorway yes. like this and press? Yes. And then step forward, and all of a sudden your arms would raise. Yeah. It feels just like that to me. But my head's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, your head is going in the wrong direction. Wrong direction. But you get it turning. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. Okay. I'm try to see which way it goes now. Okay. Yeah, you're going the opposite way Dude, on both times. You suck at head. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> so, and what? <laughs> and what? Well, excuse me? What was that? All right, here goes Nick. Yeah, his his turn the other way, too. Yeah. Dude, That's man. weird. It's. I didn't even think about it. And I, I just tried, went. yeah, and I went, yeah. Right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me try it standing up. Wait, Nick, but I wonder why Nick, me and Nick go opposite. Do it long ways under your chin and see if your head tilts up. Okay. <laughs> Oh, Dude, no. that's going to break it. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. That's not good for the hanger. That's not good for anyone. Casey wants to try it again. Here, right. standing up. Toss it over here. Try it standing up. All right. All right. He really All right. did stretch it out. Take your glasses off. Of course he did. Take yeah. Your glasses were on. Yeah. That's what did it. Can't see without your glasses. It's called the hanger reflex. Yeah. So uh, Casey's, Casey's putting it on. And oh <laughs> he's just spinning like crazy. That's it. It was the glasses. Oh my god! That's it. It was the glasses. That's what did. He was spinning around like crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's Does it thing. do it? It's a thing. Marissa, do you want to try it at all? Yeah. Try it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hang on. Now, will this work if your shoes have been taped together? <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right. All right. Let's see. Oh my god! Yeah, oh right. My god. Yeah. Oh my god! Didn't it, it happen? Ow. It's so weird. Got 
caught on my extensions. Right, let's see if it happens the other way or not. It's affected by one's extensions. Uh, yeah. I feel like I did it on purpose. Yeah, sometimes. see, that, now yeah. You, you get into a gray zone. Once you're aware of it, if someone were to put it on your head without telling you what it was, mm-hmm. and just to see, I'd like to... Uh, can, uh, I'm I'd amazed like to... that Nick that Nick and I went the opposite direction, and you yeah. all went in the way of the actual hook. Yeah, I tried it yesterday, and I, and I went in the direction of the hook each time hey, that I did that. Can we secure someone who has no idea that what we're talking about and see if they're... Just ask them to put or it around. Because that would sure. be that would be like a blind test. Yeah. Is gonna go, Marissa is going to go try and get someone right now. So I don't know who she's going to yeah. probably should do uh, Andy Summers. We'll get again. Andy again. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we talked about poop. This yeah. time we're going to... We were showing her pictures of Casey's poop. This time we're putting a hanger so on her. Leave me the hell alone. Well, I'd be curious to see because if you're not influenced by that knowledge... Right. To see if you know, you know, just put this on and see what happens. Yeah, see if their head turns right. at all. So, yeah, we're watching uh, videos of people on uh, uh, social media doing it. It definitely worked on me, without question. I was like, oh, this is a dumb thing just to get me to put a freaking hanger on my head. And sure enough, my head started turning. I'm like, wow, okay. That's freaky. Yeah, there's all kinds of little reflex and balance things that you can do that supposedly yeah. you know, work a certain way depending on your gender or whatever it is. I wonder if Bill, Bill doesn't listen to our show, does he? No, he never Not listens to our show. There's somewhere, like, uh, I know they do, they do for um, uh, men versus women uh, of yes. the senses of balance. Right. Like leaning over and picking up a chair. Do you remember that? Yeah, your, your core, yeah. Yeah, if you put your, I guess, lean head. over and put your head on a, on a wall... Uh, men can't pick the chair up, but uh, women can. Or it was you. Oh you put yes, it, you, you're almost to the wall. Men couldn't pick it up without leaning forward and hitting the right. wall. Right, yeah. right, right. Or something like that. So. I know that was the, there was that thing where like uh, women couldn't touch their elbows behind their back. <laughs> yeah, right? I so can. Yes. <laughs> can you do that thing, Kathy, where you put your ankles behind your ears? Right. <laughs> Guys, watch. Have you, have you guys ever done leg wrestling? Have you ever done that? Yeah. Women generally yeah, yeah, yeah. are, uh, you know, even like men are uh, classically, uh, they have like more muscle density. But if you, have you, Kathy, have you ever done leg wrestling? All right, is what? it when you lay on the floor? Yes. Right and, you, and, you, and this no. is this is not a gag. Head, no, it's, it's not a gag. Head, it's head's true. facing in opposite ends, yep. right? Yeah, you yeah, lay like yeah, you know, uh, feet yeah. to feet or whatever, and then you one, two, three, and then you gotta like you lock legs, and then you gotta you try to pull the person over to your side, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. You want to try, Kath? No. Like, women, you want to leg wrestle me? And women were supposedly better at that than men. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally remember this. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I have a skirt on. Uh, yes. Yeah, Let's do the wife. Take that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't see Marissa with anybody. That's, uh, uh, we wanted well, so to I was reading. So the, to do this. there's an explanation for it. Do you okay. have that in your? No, I don't. I, it's Uh-oh. the devil. So it, it's basically just applying pressure to, um, it says the unilateral frontotemporal temp, region of the brain. So it's applying pressure in a certain spot that's. Making, they said it was eighty five point four percent of the trials the head rotated. It was okay. you, Franto. You broke my heart. So <laughs> maybe, maybe when there's pressure put there, like you are naturally inclined to turn, turn. to it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, but oh, it, here we yeah. got somebody. Oh, Matt Cord's here. All right, Matt. All right. Matt Cord, WMGK. You, you're our, you're, our, you're our blind experiment here. All right, we're gonna try something. We're on gonna you, try buddy. something on you. Just please. Relax. Relax and... and Nothing bad. It's Nothing bad. Don't put headphones on. Don't put headphones on. Take Take your your hat off. And your pants. Take your glasses off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is there a hottie cam? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to take this hanger. Take your glasses off, too, if you can. You're going to put it around your head. We all did it. 
like this, okay? And right. Just, just do that, and we're going to observe you. And you got to relax. Okay. Just relax. All right. Yeah, just relax. It's fun. And just relax. Okay, so Matt is about to put it on his head, and you have you a big head. I'm growing my hair. Yeah. All right. Relax. Now just Stay still you're, you're, and relax. You're, yeah. So little. It's gonna, it's gonna fall off. Right? No, 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 no. Relax. Yeah, close your eyes and don't look at us. Yeah, yeah. Close it's not eyes. a prank. Come it's over. Just, we want to see something. If you have to make peepees, go ahead. All right. Have, no, he's not let's doing have to that. Take, no. it off, take no. it off and turn it the other way. Yeah, take okay. it off, turn and close your eyes. Yeah. Close your eyes. Yeah. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Yeah. All right. Ow, this one hurts. Yeah, it does hurt. It's the same thing. No. No, it's not no, working on Matt. No, no. All right. Thank you. I think you You're have immune. to tell yourself to like. You have to know to, to let it go. The basic gist of it is that so, it will it will make your head turn. Okay, do you want to request for noontime nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> It'll make your head turn. So like mine, when I put it on there, I immediately want oh. to turn that way. Uh, but I don't know. It's supposed to work in like 85% of people. Oh, okay. So you are and impervious. We, we wanted someone who didn't know about it ahead right. of time to try it out. So, right. so when an invading army. Gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. Matt Corn. He did it. You're on in 15 minutes, man. Yeah. Actually, he started earlier. Debella starts uh, stops at nine, right? Oh, is that right? Something like that, I think. Bell- oh, yeah, I guess he, so. Debella stops at nine. Debella stops at nine. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I thought you guys might find that interesting. It was interesting. All right. We do need to take a break. So try that at home. Try the hanger reflex at home if you like. And one of the things I want to mention again is we are looking for contestants for some games that we are playing at Keenan's Irish Pub on Friday. And you might qualify. You need to go to PrestonandSteve.com. There's three different ones that we're trying to get ahead of time. Uh, one of them, we need smaller people that weigh not a whole lot. Yes. Maybe uh, uh, petite would be the right word. Uh, we need really loud people who think they are louder than Nick McElwain. And then we have... Uh, they did it! Ow. <laughs> and then we have a uh, another one for groups of people uh, to help out. So if you go to PresidentSteve.com, if you're planning on going to Keenan's, let us know. Maybe you'll be in one of our contests, all right? We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. Some Bizarre file stories are on the way when we return. Stay there. It's time to roll up your sleeves to help your neighbors in need. Of blood, that is. WMMR presents the 17th Annual I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive. Friday, June 24th. Two locations to choose from. The Greater Philadelphia Expo Center in Oaks or the Event Center inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia in the South Philly Sports Complex. Make your donation appointment now at WMMR.com. Donors get the newest Fred and Steve t-shirt, a reusable tote bag from Window Nation, plus juice from Everfresh Juice. Not to mention the pride of knowing you made a difference. Appointments are required, so sign up today at WMMR.com. The 17th Annual I Bleed for Preston and Steve Blood Drive. Benefiting the American Red Cross. From 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. All right, ready for some B-File stories. One more time. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. Brought to you this morning by 80 Moyer Lumber, trusted expert since 1939. 80 Moyer Lumber is your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. Visit them online at web, on the web, I should say, at admoyer.com. Well, a widely circulated video showed a bull jumping into the stands filled with spectators during a rodeo in Idaho on Thursday. Uh-oh. Chris Beckstead, chairman of that famous Preston Knight Rodeo, that's mm. what it's called, said, wow. 
Uh, the incident occurred during a bull riding competition at the rodeo in Preston, Idaho, about 30 miles uh, north of the Idaho-Utah state border. Uh, the bull and the spectators were not injured during the incident. But I need a beer. But look ah. at <laughs> Looking at the footage, you wouldn't think so, man. Uh, so, Beckstead said, after throwing off his rider, the bull continued to circle the arena. It appeared that he thought that he could jump the barrier, so he aimed toward the cable fence. The bull attempted to jump over the cable, but was thrown off his balance after the cable broke and fell back into the arena. Video shows audience members screaming as the bull charged toward the crowd and getting pulled back into the arena by the cable fence. Uh, the bull was brought under control by the other cattle handlers shortly after the incident. Uh, but it was unclear if the bull would be put down. Uh, the bull did not have a history of jumping into crowds. Give him a break. Yeah, come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, he just went... It was a one-off. You're doing what a bull does. I do what a bull does. <laughs> Authorities say a Minnesota State Patrol pilot was injured Wednesday night after a duck crashed through the patrol's helicopter windshield. The State Patrol said a trooper flight was requested to help law enforcement. While pilots were returning from the mission, a duck crashed through the helicopter's windshield. And according to the State Patrol, one of the pilots suffered a suspected head injury. And the helicopter flew to uh, the airport to land and get treatment for the pilot. We've had a duck situation. <laughs> Authorities say the pilot was taken to again? Regions Hospital. They're the duck experts. With injuries not considered to be life-threatening and has since been released. And the damages of... Send the, me the bill. To the, oh! That's good. To the State Patrol <laughs> helicopter... Are still being assessed at this point. You know, they're showing footage of, I forget where I saw it, but of the, uh, you remember the famous Fabio encounter with a goose, I think it was, at yep. uh, Six Flags? Or, yeah. Yep. He got hit in the face square. Yep. And they're on big. A roller, on yeah. a roller coaster, yeah. Hey, by the way, the blood that's on his face, is that his blood or is that the goose's that's blood? That's a good question. I okay. think it's his nose. I yeah. thought it was his. Yeah, yeah. they broken, yeah. Yep. Passengers crash-landed a hot air balloon after the pilot fell to the ground mid-flight. Oh, oh my God. What? Right? The incident took uh-uh. place in Sao Paulo earlier this month. The hot air balloon had taken off with nine on board, the pilot, a photographer, and seven passengers. All right, I got to go now. <laughs> it was when the basket touched the ground during, during the first landing attempt that the pilot and two others were flung from it. So they got bumped out. Oh, wow. But they were already down to the ground. Right. But the way those things work is they, sometimes they, they bounce. Right. And they'll go back up. And they can go way back way up. Way up. So it was when the basket touched ground during the first landing attempt, two were flung out, including the pilot. Uh, the pilot was still holding on to the rope. Sorry! As the balloon took to the skies again, but had to let go and fell to the ground from a height of about 16 feet. As of yesterday morning, two women were still hospitalized. Passengers would go on to say that the pilot had told them to prepare for the landing without telling them that it was an emergency. Uh, the balloon descended rapidly, and the basket hit the ground with a thud, injuring everyone on board, in particular two, in particular two women. <laughs> the pilot, who survived his fall, later said that he was forced into making an emergency landing due to a sudden change in the wind. After the balloon retook to the skies, it was up to the remaining passengers to pull on the rope to make it descend to the ground again, despite no prior training. How high up did they go? I uh, don't know that. Investigators later said the balloon should not have taken off that day because a prior weather warning of strong winds was in the region. Uh, they noted that of the 30 ballooning companies operating in the region, the one involved in the incident was the only one that was operating that day. Uh, the police are investigating the case to see if the company is liable for crimes or of uh, bodily injury and life endangerment. Steve, I'm watching some footage, and they, they got a few hundred feet back up in the air. Did they? Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. I mean, this is terrifying. Yep. 
I would ask for a uh, uh, refund or a free (laughs) T-shirt. All right, how about this? A woman is accused of throwing a snake at a Florida deputy after leading authorities on a pursuit that ended in a crash. Think fast! Uh, Deputy, it's kind of like what it was, Steve. Deputy said the woman was arrested after she fled from a traffic stop and then intentionally hit a motorcycle unit. Moments later, the woman led deputies on a pursuit that ended after the woman hit another patrol car and truck. What's in the bag? Oh, my throwing snakes. Carrying three people. When the deputy approached the woman, she threw a snake at him. And I don't have any details on what kind of snake it was, where she got it, or anything. I can anything. tell you, though, she makes Mama June Shannon look like Heidi Klum. <laughs> Four people were transported for uh, non-life-threatening injuries at area hospitals. The deputies who were hit by the woman were not injured. Uh, one more story. Uh, a resident's tip about a car possibly linked to a burglary investigation led Irvine police to a Mercedes-Benz equipped with a push-button rotating license plate and more surprises. It's pretty James Bondian. The resident reported the Benz to police after recognizing it as a car possibly involved in previous vehicle burglaries. Officers who were already in the area pulled the driver over after matching the caller's description to the distinctive white sedan. Uh, they discovered the car's mechanical flipping license plate wasn't the only unusual feature. Uh, they discovered a device. Here's them describing the uh, uh, the license plate that would flip the vehicle's license plate with a push of a button and an elaborate gas siphoning device mm. that transferred fuel directly into the vehicle's gas tank. It's wild. Uh, the license plate flipper allows the user to flip 180 degrees between two different plates. Two residents were arrested and booked on suspicion of vehicle burglary, vehicle theft, identity theft, possession of stolen property, and possession of burglary tools. And that is what I have in the bizarre file for you for now. Uh, let's take a break. And Case, do I have some more of those Bob's yes. Burgers movies yes. passes? So that we got a screening of Bob the Bob's Burgers movie. Uh, it's going to be Wednesday night. And I have four packs to give away. It'll be at the UA King of Prussia at 7 o'clock. So let's take callers 8, 9, and 10 at 215-263-WMMR, and we will give you those four packs. We'll be back in just a second. Lesson question, trash, music news. Those things are coming up next. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Several things coming up. Our blood drive, you can get signed up for that. June 24th is when that's taking place. We're going to be at two different locations. Uh, We're going to be at the um, Oaks Convention Center, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center at Oaks, and Live Casino and Hotel in Philadelphia. Uh, Donation times between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. You need to sign up uh, because walk-ups are not permitted, and there are some eligibility guidelines. Sometimes it depends on where you travel, the kind of medication you take, or whether you've had tattoos recently or not, depending on what state they're in. So there are some things you should know ahead of time. If you have blood. Uh, If you have blood, (laughs) you need to be sure of that in order to qualify. So all donors get a Preston and Steve reusable tote bag, courtesy of Window Nation, and uh, the newest Preston and Steve uh, T-shirt as well. 
And it's brought to you by uh, us in the American Red Cross. So, uh, WMMR.com, make an appointment through there, and let's get let's make this the biggest one ever. It'd be great. It's the 17th year in a row that we've done this. We need to, because yeah. we had the biggest one ever prior to COVID, and uh, I think we can do it again. I think we can do it again. Exactly. So, uh, today's lesson question, we're going to give away a four-pack of tickets for Harry Potter, the exhibition at the Franklin Institute. Question this morning is... Uh, when a part of the Jennersphere, Jennersphere, uh, where are Courtney and Travis getting married for their next wedding? Because they were just Aww. recently in Portofino, Italy. And, so sweet. Yeah, so where are they going to go for their next wedding on the Jennersphere? 215-263-WMMR. <laughs> Let's see if you're listening. I was close to 7 o'clock this morning. We'll do the trash while we're waiting for your call. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you this morning by Garden State Home Loans. Now is still a great time to cash out and refinance your mortgage. Interest rates are still relatively low. You can visit GardenStateLoans.com for quote NMS, no, NMLS 473163, Equal Housing Lender, New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Mike Tyson breaking his silence about smacking down an unruly JetBlue passenger. Tyson says as they interacted, he began to wonder what the guy's nose would look like next to his left ear. Hey! <laughs> Flavor Flav has resumed making child support payments for his three-year-old son, saying he wants to be a good father. Flav says being a good father instead of a great one should save him about $40,000. Oh, my God. And finally, Naked and Afraid XL contestant Dan Link was able to go tomato plants from seeds in his own poop as he struggled to survive in the Peruvian rainforest. In other reality show news, production was temporarily halted on The Bachelor after he ran out of condoms. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the question. When a part of the Jennersphere, uh, where are Courtney and Travis getting married for their next wedding? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Troy, see if we can get an answer. Troy, good morning. Good morning. All right, Troy, when part of the Jennersphere, where are Courtney and Travis going to get married for their next wedding? Was it Saturn? Yes. The rings of Saturn. You are correct. Hang on. Troy, we're going to set you up. You just got yourself a four-pack of tickets for Harry Potter, the exhibition at the Franklin Institute. This groundbreaking exhibition celebrates the iconic moments, characters, settings, and beasts as seen in the films and stories of Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. Using best-in-class immersive design and technology, tickets are on sale now at fi.edu. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, brought to you this morning by Coors Light. The Preston and Steve Show heading back to Keenan's North Wildwood next Friday, this Friday, (laughs) May 27th, to officially open the Jersey Shore. You can be there starting at 6 a.m. Brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. I have a lot of medical stories. We're going to start with Ozzy Osbourne. Revealed that he is waiting neck surgery. Ozzy is dealing with some lasting damage from that quad bike accident. Oh, that was years ago. 2003. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite almost 20 years ago that that happened. He said, I'm just waiting on some more surgery on my neck. He swallowed a handlebar, right? He said, I can't walk properly these days. I have physical therapy every morning. I am somewhat better, but nowhere near as much as I want to be to go back on the road. 
Uh, when asked if he often thinks about mortality, guys, he said, at effing 73, I've done pretty well. I don't plan on going anywhere, but my time's going to come. Uh, how about this? A five-finger death punch frontman Ivan Moody's right eye was injured during the band's show in Daytona Beach on Thursday after it was accidentally exposed to a laser beam. Oh, Moody shared a sense to lead a video on social media late Thursday night explaining that he got overheated and tripped over a laser, which wound up shooting him in the eye. Uh, while at the hospital, Moody visited with several fans who were also brought to the ER due to various reasons during the Welcome to Rockville Festival, at which Five Finger Death Punch was playing at the time of the accident. He you got to watch those lasers. He shared several minutes of video featuring him meeting and chatting with those fans. He said, I got to go back home to Vegas, and I've got to see a real eye doctor. And hopefully it's okay. I can't see out of it right now. It's like, have you ever stared at the sun or a light bulb and you get that green light? It blackens it out. Uh, imagine that times like a thousand. They thought my retina was separated. That's how bad it was. Man. Uh, so hopefully they can uh, patch him up. Yeah. And this is terrible, terrible news. A member of one of country music's most popular bands announced Friday that he has been diagnosed with ALS. John Driscoll Hopkins, a founding member, songwriter, and bassist for the Zac Brown Band, shared in a short video message to his fans that he has slow-progressing symptoms identified by neurologists as ALS. He said, over the past several years, I've noticed some balance issues and some stiffness in my hands. After careful analysis by some of the country's top neurologists, I've been diagnosed with ALS. Because my symptoms have been slow-progressing from the start, we believe they will continue to be slow-progressing going forward. He said, God willing, I plan to be rocking with these amazing people for many years to come. Uh, Hopkins, also known as Hop, is currently on tour with the band until November 19th. And according to, the, uh, according to their tour schedule, he plays guitar, banjo, ukulele, in addition to providing vocals for the group. And he released a solo album last year called Lonesome High. Well, you know, listen, you hear about things and things that they're doing to slow the process and uh, we actually had someone in here who had um had had ALS but a, a, a slow progression and they were able to move around and, and and do okay but it's such an insidious disease well it got it got bad for him yeah it did and uh, the prognosis for people diagnosed with ALS is death within 3 to 5 years Although there are documented cases of patients living uh, past ten years, well, Stephen Hawking with the illness. So yeah, he had he had a, a different right. version of it. He had like, was it ALS? I, yes, but so I, I went to a neurologist, yeah. and and I asked him about that, and he said he actually had what was a um, uh, uh, like the type that children might get, okay. very very rare, right? And therefore, it progressed in a different way, right? Uh, for Hawking, so he didn't just have straight up ALS; <sighs> he had a very specific kind of ALS. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how this uh, ends up uh, manifesting in him. Bono and a wheelchair bound Pope Francis launched a women's education foundation together in Rome on Thursday. Uh, Bono and the 85-year-old Pope shared a platform organized by Shoals Occurrentes, if I'm pronouncing that correct, which is Latin for Schools of mean- Meeting. Hey, Pontus, you want to pop some wheelies? A worldwide network of schools promoting educational opportunities. I don't want to do that. Uh, the Pope... <laughs> I don't want to. The Pope inaugurated the Scholas uh, Occurrentes... Uh, international Sound education, like Hogwarts. education movement on May 19th. Opius religium. During a, 
during a meeting uh, with uh, young people in Italy's capital. I love young people. Bato said, uh, girls' education is a superpower to fight extreme poverty, and I would like to ask His Holiness if you think that women and girls have the same important role to change the world and climate change. I also asked the pontiff, how much Clorox do you go through in a month? Uh, Francis answered yes, saying, we speak of Mother Earth, not Father Earth, with a smile that earned him some applause. Uh, the Pope was seen using a wheelchair in public for the first time in May, uh, in, in early May days after he said that he was having treatment for knee pain. Oh. Uh, the young students welcomed the Pope with a show of chants and uh, recitals based around the theme of protecting the environment. Do you remember when Bono was really hurt on that bike accident? Yeah, dude. Yeah, he got hurt bad. Yeah, there were... A he says the dream is for uh, he and the the Pope to do a, a bicycle bill for two. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty. Go Central Park, just riding around. Isn't this a great day? Make sure they have a helmet on. Uh, Evanescence have parted ways with their longtime guitar player Jen Majura. What? Uh, the band announced the news on social media on Saturday. It said it has been a very special chapter in the band with our dear friend Jen Majura. Uh, and we, but we have decided that it is time to go our separate ways. We will always love. We will always love her and support her, and can't wait to see what she does next. We are so grateful for the good times and great music we made all around the world together. Now, for her part, Marjura tweeted, "I feel the need to address that none of this was my decision." Oh. But she said, I have no hard feelings against anybody, and I wish Evanescence all the best. I am allowed to carry beautiful memories of these past years. I am grateful. I was just about to ask. It sounds like she left of her own accord. Nope. But nope. apparently not. Nope. But she is bowing out gracefully. So, all right. You well, know. you never know. Yep. She joined Evanescence in 2015, by the way. Mm. Uh, and then we will end with this one. Uh, Kurt Cobain's... Iconic 1969 Fender Mustang guitar sold for $4.5 million. It has one of the most legendary open riffs for a song ever, right? Yeah, the famed guitar was but one of the many instruments that went under the hammer at Julian's Auctions three-day music icon sale. The Cobain guitar used famously in Nirvana's groundbreaking Smells Like Teen Spirit video was purchased by Jim Earsay. Owner and CEO oh. of the NFL's Indianapolis Colts. Now, he owns all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yep. um, He owned a huge Beatles collection. He bought Ringo's yeah. drum kit. So, uh, the guitar, which was originally listed with an estimate of only $600,000, caused a bidding war, which led to the exorbitant uh, final price. Uh, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, the Cobain family is donating a portion of the proceeds of the legendary guitar and select Kurt Cobain items to Kicking the Stigma, uh, the Earsay's initiative to raise awareness about mental health disorders and remove the stigma associated with these illnesses. So we're looking at a picture of three guitars here, Preston. The one that has the British flag of the... the um, Union Jack. Union Jack. Yeah. Uh, who, whose is that? I don't know. It looks know. like I, Pete Townsend. It says right next to it. Oh, does it? Okay, yeah. Pete Townsend. All right. That's awesome. That, that is excellent. And the other one, Connor, if you could get over... Oh, it doesn't have a... Uh, Oh, there he does. Let's see if we can CSI this together. Jones. 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 Uh, maybe from The Clash. Oh. oh, I thought it was Tommy Lee. Tommy uh, Lee Jones? No, not Tommy <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's Grace Jones. This is my guitar. Um, but anyway, uh, Jim Isray said in a statement, I am uh, thrilled to preserve and protect. Or wait, no. I was thinking that not not the the Clash. Uh, from Sex, uh, Pistols? Sex Pistols. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um and I forgot his name. Grace. Tommy Lee Jones? Grace Jones. Leslie. I'm in the sex pistol. Wait, Leslie Jones? 
Yeah, from Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Yeah, maybe she played guitar. Go spit it. Yeah, pick my nose. Uh, Jimmy Israel said in a Steve statement. Jones. I am thrilled to preserve and protect another piece of American culture that changed the way we look at at the world. Uh, the fact that a portion of the proceeds will go toward our effort to kick the stigma surrounding mental health makes this acquisition even more special to me. Uh, does that guy have a museum? This uh, this guy who buys up all this. Um, you know what? I'm not sure where he should let the public see that displays this stuff or not, Steve. I want to say yes, but I couldn't tell you definitively. All right, and there you go. That's it. This last piece of music news we have. Santa's got to go. Yep, Santa's got to go. I need you to stop talking <laughs> and listen. So I need you to stop talking <laughs> and listen to me. We're gonna... <laughs> that is so dad-like, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, Santa's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. <laughs> Steve, real quick. Uh, Jim Irsay takes it on, on tour. Oh, he does. Uh, yeah, okay. and it's right. free and open to the public. So um, this stuff he does uh, take around the, co- uh, the around the country, and you can see it. Uh, and it's like all sorts of stuff. It's a, a lot of baseball, sports memorabilia, and then a ton of rock and roll stuff. Oh, cool! All right, uh, yeah, we're gonna stop talking, and we're gonna take a break. <laughs> I need you to stop talking <laughs> and listen. I don't think I'll ever get tired of that. No. All right, we're gonna take a break. We'll come back in a second. We'll get the letter of day for the word of the week prize when we return. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We are getting ourselves set for that. And by the way, if you'd like to be involved in a contest or two, you can go to PrestonandSteve.com. And there are three specific contests we're looking to see if we can get uh, contestants ahead of time. One of them we're looking for petite people, smaller people. We've done Tiny this, people. We've done these contests in the past, but uh, we just it, it will help if you are, you know, less than an average weight. Yeah, we don't need uh, linebackers. For safety. We need little people. Uh, we actually and, do need linebackers, but they need to be on the ground. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Right. But you'll be there anyway. Yep. yep. Uh, and then we need uh, extremely... Loud, annoying people. <laughs> Just like our... Yeah, we need people who think they are louder than Nick uh, to yeah, participate in the Louder Than Nick contest. Speaking of loud and annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, also we have a, a group contest, and you can go to com and uh, we'll see if you can end up being in that uh, in those contests. Uh, well, if you heard the sound, uh, it's, it, his his eminence has arrived. The queen has arrived. Yeah. How you doing, man? Fine, thank you. Excellent. What an MMR barbecue, huh, yeah. kids? Yeah. Wow. It was great. What a day. Um, Never saw you. Not once. I, it's so funny. I was yeah. thinking that I didn't see you. I don't think I saw Casey. I saw you. I did? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I, we, we were I, at our side stage thing, and you were over on the other side. Right. The st- uh, I thought the state. The I thought they would be right next to each other. They weren't, as yeah. they would have it. Uh, the side stage where the performances and Bam Bam's party deck thing was a little bit up uh, from where the broadcast uh, thing was, which was a little bit over. Um, I mean, onto the side. So uh, I didn't see you guys. I heard uh, Froggy from <laughs> from 
far, far, far away. <laughs> it was cool because by the by our broadcast area, you could hear the side stage stuff. So the audio around the entire venue, like you knew when stuff stuff was happening on the side stage, and then when that would wrap up, the main stage would kick back in, and it was it was really neat to be able to be in different parts of the venue and hear stuff going on all over the place. You know, right. Well, they were also piping the sound into the outside areas uh, from yeah. the main stage as well. So, uh, for example, um, I um, was uh, I had uh, I had to tape the interview with Corey Glover of Living Color um, because they weren't able to come out to the broadcast booth. So we went backstage and did the interview, and uh, we put it in two parts. And right as it was wrapping up, Living Color was actually wrapping up. On stage oh, wow. with a cult of personality, so we're able to bring a little bit of that sound up, and and listeners at home could hear cult of personality right after we finished the conversation cool. Cool. with Corey. So that was really cool. And Adam Weiner came on, and Preston came on with me, uh, and Adam uh, after his great set. Now, what a wonderful guy he is! What Super a nice great guy. energy he has. Uh, wish him great, great success. So I mean, it was just a. Uh, and and it didn't rain. I mean, yeah. yes, it was hot, but it didn't rain. And uh, when I walked out of the door, I go, "Oh my god!" <laughs> of my house, I go, "Oh my god!" And then, but then the more I went, the further I went. And then it got when you got up on the lawn. I did the whole lawn for an hour. I was up walking back and forth on the lawn, and um, the as the sun went down, it got nicer and nicer. Yeah. And by the end of the evening, when we concluded at 11.15, or uh, we were actually 11.30, we were finishing up the broadcast, uh, it was lovely out. Yeah, if you could stay out of the exposed sun, it wasn't that bad. Right. You and there were, I mean? there were plenty of areas to yeah. do that. Even right. where we were, we had a we had a nice side stage tent, and we, there was, a, you know, the overhangs and stuff like that. And they, right. they managed it pretty well. And we were saying earlier, we didn't, I didn't see a lot of people... Succumbing to the heat, they they took the advice to have water to you know to keep hydrated. It seemed to work out well. Yeah, a lot of people did bring water in, and they did do the two things, the two words we recommend, which is pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, right. and uh, and it was. Although speaking of pacing themselves, I didn't see Gary all day. <laughs> no, I didn't was either. He, did he make it? I'm not no. even sure he made it. There was it. no lower hour to be had. No, I feel like if he was there, we would know. Hey, um, yeah, you but, would think. But, yeah, I uh, just got a message from Eric Simon who said that. Uh, so the MMR. Uh, uh, MMRBQ t-shirts sold out on site on Saturday. So right. if you were not able to get a t-shirt on site Saturday, uh, they're available in the rock shop right now. So Excellent. Okay. Cool. Very cool. Excellent. Uh, and Gary's on that, if you don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in charge of merch. <laughs> so look for him. Uh, shall we do the letter of the day? Yes. Right, here Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. S as in Sammy. All right, we're going to give away a two-night stay at the all-new Mahalo Diamond Beach in Wildwood Crest, New Jersey. Relax in brand-new Natural Island-inspired suites with oceanfront views, a refreshing pool, free beach cruisers, boardwalk shuttles, and so much more. And all just steps away from the beautiful beaches of Wildwood Crest. And you can check out the all-new Mahalo Diamond Beach and all five of Icona's amazing New Jersey Shore Resort destinations at Icona.com. So we'll give that away on Friday while yes. we're doing the uh, 
uh, the live broadcast at Keenan. So get yourself ready for that. Uh, what's happening on your show today? Well, and speaking of that, uh, that's also where Jackson, I believe, will broadcast uh, for my uh, Iconas, is it called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's called Mahalo, but it's uh, an Icona. Okay. Uh, property. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackson, Jackson will do his show as we open up the uh, the summer weekend this weekend from there from three to seven on uh, Friday, and I will be at Margaritaville uh, at resorts in Atlantic City. So we've got the uh, entire shore zone, I think, quite covered. Cool uh, between you guys and myself and Jackson, getting things rolling for uh, this coming Friday night on the program today. Cheap Trick, Workforce Block of Metallica, and the great guitar virtuoso Jeff. Beck. We've had a request hmm. that we haven't been able to get to for a workforce block of his music. We shall honor that request today. Excellent. All right, let me thank our sponsors. President Steve Show brought to you today by A.D. Moore, your lumber trusted expert since 1939. Your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. Also brought to you by Acme from City to Shore. Acme has everything you need to prep for this summer season. Acme Fresh Foods Local fa- flavors. Uh, tomorrow on the program of Tuesday. So guess what? Somebody's getting some ink. We got a free tattoo. It's Tattoo Tuesday. And we'll talk to, put your dad on alert, Nick, Tony Danza. Oh, my God. <laughs> tomorrow morning. Oh we'll see what Tony's got going on. Yes. Uh, that's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. Everybody, it's good to have you on the bat 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 b